Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode one, two, three of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is made alone, Vault Wanderer. Uh, it's me, Carrick <laughs> I just want to say it. Say it once in this podcast. <laughs> At the end. Get to the end. At the yeah. end. That'll be the, oh, that would oh, be the yeah. Twitter. The ham- no, it won't be the Twitter handle. We <laughs> no. <get> in trouble. <laughs> Can you imagine? Blah, 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 blah. People uh, be like, what the? Carrick is a dick. So, <laughs> as always, if you guys want to support the show, consider flicking a couple of bucks at the Patreon. Thank you guys so much for supporting that over this weekend. It's been fantastic seeing all of you come out. Uh, we wanted to do something new at the beginning of our show. Carrick, this was your idea, so if you'd like to go ahead and just pimp it up. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I just I just wanted to, because I know that people uh, come to my channel to see your stuff. When you come to my channel, we all sort of have done stuff uh, for other people's channels, and I know I'm trying to get loan on one of our podcasts, but we, we rarely ever talk about our channels, you know, like discreetly about what exactly we're doing mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, collab mode, which Lone will talk about in a second is, is pretty awesome. And I wanted some people to get some eyes on it because it's hard when we're doing our stuff, we have our own rigmarole. We skip it for me. Yeah. Uh, it's just more reviews. And uh, so on my channel, what am I doing? I'm doing more reviews. I'm doing a couple behind the scenes things for patrons. Um, I'm doing a one day live stream all day which is a nice. new, one of the goals. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And it's going to be random shit. Like, I've got Hellgate London. I've got um, uh, Space Harrier. Mm-hmm. I've got, and it's just going to be these these completely random games and vlogs right in the middle of it, that kind of stuff. So that's cool. it for me. But I just sort of wanted to get everybody to sort of uh, outline a little bit about what they had on their channels coming out. Yeah. Right, well, I'll, I'll talk a bit about mine. First of all, I, I need to say this. We finally decided to bite the bullet. You guys can't see it, but Maddie and Kara can see it. They, they can actually see my face right now, ah, just to make make for a better that. podcast and make sure we don't interrupt each other as much. So mm-hmm. there you go. Hopefully that improves it. But so yeah, with, with my channel, my side of things, collab mode. Obviously, as Carrick mentioned, it's pretty much just a, a collaboration between a bunch of YouTubers. Everyone here is included, including a bunch of others like um, like Gopher and Kato Genesis and uh, Zero Period and things like that. And we're just playing games together, essentially. We're playing SO. We're trying to... I think we're going to be playing some Destiny 2. We don't know. And maybe just a bunch of free games on Steam. So um, I think Maddie already had it in the description. So if yes. you want to go subscribe to it, please do. And with my channel, I'm just doing my thing, man. I mean, for some reason, Fallout content is doing really well again on my channel. Yep. Um, Borderlands is still doing as well as ever. So, yeah, things are going all right. Good stuff, Very good cool. stuff. Uh, on my end... Uh, yeah, but Bethesda thing's doing really well again. I've been back on that train um, just because whenever there's something, like, people have asked me whenever they're like, where are Bethesda videos? And I just say, when there's something to talk about, I'm instantly there. Yeah. Uh, finally, there's a lot to talk about. A lot of news we're going to be going over in this podcast related to Bethesda. But yeah, between the Creation Club, the Game of Thrones League, uh, Fallout 4 on the Switch, lots of Bethesda stuff. So that's what I've been doing. That's what's going to be <laughs> happening heading into next week. Uh, yeah, just, just lots of Bethesda, and uh, much like Lone, uh, Borderlands. But I haven't talked about Borderlands in about a week and a half because Randy so Pitchford has Randy Pitchford hasn't tweeted anything, man. So just haven't, <laughs> just haven't had anything. You, you got to look at his direct tweets to other people. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Stuff. That's what I always exactly. do before I like I, I do anything. I'm like, all right, let's just see what he's saying and <laughs> gotta see if he's hitting at anything because he'll give those types of responses. But yeah, that's what's been yeah. on the uh, the platter for me. And, uh, the reason why I laughed simply was because I didn't know if you guys were pulling my leg about the Game <laughs> of Thrones or caring, because I don't care at all. And I woke up, 
and my channel, no one had talked about it. And I came to your Discord and like oh, blah 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 blah. Everyone. People are talking about, it. and then I, and then you say I'm gonna hold back the podcast, and I'm all okay. I'm not Whoa. getting. I'm, I'm obviously not getting this. So I go online and I'm like, but nobody's talking about it. But like one or two places are like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then I realize it's one of those things that like for a long time has sort of been rumored or whatever. And that leak yeah. came up. But it was uh, that's why that's why I tweeted you guys. I wasn't being a dick, but I'm like, I can't tell who's fucking with me right now. Like, are, are you guys <laughs> actually messing with us? Yeah, it's like, hey, Smurfs game. Let's cancel the podcast. There's a Smurfs game coming out. It's because like, oh. the news mill is was so fucking dry to the bone. And something actually happened that no one expected. And I was like, all right, we yeah. got to get on this. I can't just delay that news for like three days. And then the Mario and Rabbids review embargo lifted. I'm like, wait, fuck, yeah. I can't release this Monday. Okay, I got to do it Tuesday. So, yeah, that's why a lot of people were asking where the podcast was. That's what happened. <laughs> there was just so much shit happening. And I almost delayed it again because the day I was releasing it, they're like, a creation club. I was like, fuck me. Strawberry <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. shortcake game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Give me a fucking break. But uh, we got lots and lots of stuff to dive into this week. Let's start off with just something really general before we go into all the Bethesda headlines. PSVR is receiving a price cut. It is now including a headset and the camera for $400. There's also a bundle with the game and I think the uh, the move handle thingies, and that's 450 So does this make VR any more appealing to us? Nope. They can see me shaking my head. No. Yeah, they can see you. Yeah, now you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to have to remember that if Lone's, like, giving us hand signs and shit, where no one's going to We can <laughs> see it. Um, it. Here's another problem. Like, that, it's a, that's a small drop in price, number one. But um, I'm actually more excited about Windows announcing that they've decided that all the headsets are going to be Steam VR, which is huge. That's it's right. massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Tom's Hardware did a huge walkthrough where they played Steam games on the on one of them, and they were like... It is completely like the Vive, but it looks better and it costs a ton less. Mm, and wow. you don't need light sort, you don't need lighthouses because it's inside out. Oh. And I was just like, that Holy to shit. me is strangely enough more newsworthy than a drop of the PSVR. Not n- nothing against them, but mm-hmm. to me, that's a huge deal because Microsoft is closed kingdom. They're like, I mean, and I'm sure they had something to do with it, you know. But they were yeah. like, we usually don't like that kind of stuff to happen. So I, I want VR to well. I mean, th- th- this is competition, again, like competition not just in the form of offering a good product, but everyone's re- reducing their prices, so everyone else reduces their prices. I mean, it, it started with Oculus, then it went to Vive, and then when it-, it went to PSVR. That was yeah. a direct snowball effect. And in a year, I can guarantee you, it's going to happen again, and then again, and the new additions are going to release, and then the original ones will go down even more. Um, the only thing that worries me is that I wish there was a bit of... St- I don't know if there is or not, but with the software, I wish there was standardization with the software. I don't know whether like a VR operates like a PC mon- monitor because with PC monitors, you can buy you know from different brands and all that kind of stuff. But with, with, with VR, I believe that you need to have the game that runs properly on the VR headset. It's not really like a monitor. So that's the only thing that worries me. And obviously, you've got exclusives on Oculus and exclusives on PSVR. And PSVR is a bit different anyways. But yeah... I, it, it doesn't incentivize me, but it's it's a it's a good thing for the industry as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I I'm personally waiting for like another price dip. I I, th- I still think four hundred right. is too much for something I'm and about. And we talked last week about VR games and how there really isn't enough. We kind of need to see more support across the board for it. So yeah. for me, eh, whatever four fifty. Well, but Tesla said they want to be a powerhouse in VR. They want to be Capcom. the leading company or some shit. Yeah. 
look at Capcom after Resident Evil. They did an announcement, an actual like huge announcement that all their current games that have any uh, component that they could, they're going to make sure work with VR. So, I mean, a lot of people want to do. I think they see it. Uh, the, the cool thing is, is that honestly, if these price cuts hadn't happened, I think in another two months or three months, we'd all be talking about VR sort of not past tense, but much more yeah. past tense. Do, do you remember is, VR back in my day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back in my day. It. Um, and, and that drop in price allows for uh, two things. One, new consumers, but additionally allows for a premium wireless version. It allows for some improvements yeah. where Rift and uh, and HTC both need some improvements. Versus weight, for example, because they're fucking heavy as hell. I've got one. And I'm telling you right now, after a couple, I mean, even Doing like an hour. You're, oh, dude, your yeah. neck is like, oh, good thing I pump weights, you know? So. <laughs> All right, well, PSVR, just some small news there. Let's let's dive into the, the first real important news, and that is Bethesda's Game of Thrones leak. So, a lot of development there. Uh, what originally happened was we had a Target page, and it listed Bethesda Game of Thrones. Then we go back to 2011, and yeah. uh, Bethesda was offered to make a Game of Thrones game. They prioritized Skyrim instead. So now... We have this situation here where, you know, maybe they return to this deal. We see an official retailer with it listed. Uh, It's under the, I think, books, movies, and TV section or video game section, something along those lines. So it fits. It works. And we're thinking, you can't really fake that, right? Turns out. But. (laughs) Turns out uh, there there might be some fakery going on. Uh, So. First off, I don't know how people can fake pages from Target, but they can because someone sent me a picture and they're like, look, and it's Rockstars making a game, uh, Rockstar Games Game of Thrones. And I'm like, okay, that alone speaks volumes. So there's that. Um, On top of that, Target came out and said, you know, this is a error listing. We've removed it Uh, as compared Mm -hmm. to another piece of news we'll get to later with Fallout 4 on the Switch where they just changed the release date, but they kept the listing up. So I don't think this is a case where Target knew something we don't, although I don't fully believe that they're going to come out and say, well, yeah, we knew about this and uh, we're just going to take it down. You know, they're obviously going to tell us, oh, we don't know about this and remove it until if it is real that, um, you know, they're just not going to sell themselves out, basically. Um, so that is basically the whole story on that. Uh, a lot of discussion popping up about if Bethesda would have been a good fit for Game of Thrones. Do you guys think that would have been a, a solid fit? Or do you think it'd just be too Elder Scrollsy? I don't know, man. I mean, can Bethesda really tell a good story? Like, I'm trying to be as genuine as I can here because Mm -hmm. look at the stories with, like, as from what I understand with Skyrim and Fallout Three, like the 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 appeal with Game of Thrones is that they're these kind of epic quests and they're actually good storytelling. I mean, it's entirely storytelling. It's it's a book and it's a TV series, right? Mm-hmm. Can Bethesda pull that off? Unless they're given enough guidance from the HBO team. Yeah, that's what I'd have to say. It'd have to be like a collaborative project, I think. If anything, yeah. I just I, when I think Bethesda, I think they get world design right and they get exploration right, and that would work really well. But yeah, when I think Game of Thrones, like you know, the best part of the show is getting attached to these characters, and y- you know, they might get killed off. You know, that's the good thing about a lot of shows. But like Game of Thrones develops them so well. And makes it so exciting that, yeah, Bethesda would have to tell some really good stories to be fit for that. Which is where CD Projekt Red steps in for a lot of gamers. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are saying, yeah. fuck Bethesda. It should be CD Projekt Red doing this. We need Obsidian. Yeah, Obsidian. And, and I think in this case, they're actually right. I, I really think that yeah. that would be a better fit. I, I think 
Bethesda could do a lot of justice for Game of Thrones, but I think it was smart that they turned it down initially and worked on Skyrim, especially because then they'd have an issue where Game of Thrones from Bethesda would just look like Skyrim without magic, right? That's, well, at least that's you know the who, first image that comes to my head. You know who also turned down Game of Thrones game too? Obsidian. Yep. Obsidian said they turned it down as well. So it's like it's no one wants to do this game. And that actually makes me worry. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever's being asked of these devs to do, it seems like no one wants to get on board. So it makes me wonder if there isn't ever a big Game of Thrones game, it might just turn out like shit. Yeah. I mean, is there any details on what they've asked? or I, I just know. know it's an RPG. That's all I know. They just want an RPG. Everyone's just like, I don't know if we should be doing this. Like, uh, I think... Obsidian was saying that they wanted to move on to a big open world RPG or something like that instead. So maybe it's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was there as recent? I, I never looked at that article. Just it was recent. Re- actually, it's a really cool interview they did with U- Eurogamer. They okay. toured through the, their offices. So you can mm-hmm. actually see Obsidian's full offices. And then cool. I think there's a written interview as well. So yeah, I should probably read that. But yeah. Hmm. Carrick, what do you think? I, I mean... I, I'm all for companies doing something new, whatever, but at least all their history, I mean, there's nothing about what they've done that would ever speak to me thinking that they could pull it off. They're they're not talented in that way, and that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, you put a baker in a rowboat, and you're fucking going to end up going down the river. Like, you, you, you should know what your strengths are. You don't. You don't want to go out there and fucking and, and just destroy your company because you thought it would be fun to do this new unique thing. Taking risks is great, mm-hmm. but Bethesda doesn't necessarily need to take risks. True. Um, Bethesda has enough risk in their own games that they haven't fixed yet. For example, at some point, our gamers going to be tired of the Skyrim feel. You know, mm-hmm. are they going to want more? So I would rather see them do Skyrim uh, to well, whatever you want to call it. Oh no, um, he said them. it. Yeah, see them do a, a no. sequel, and oh, and then too. and then fix that because I think that they that's their DNA is that history, the world, their knowledge about the world. Additionally, uh, Game of Thrones. I would assume that the reason why a lot of people are saying that they don't want to do Game of Thrones if they're a developer is because what you're really saying is, do you want to risk your company? Because look at it, yeah. it's a heavy story based, heavy super dark fantasy with barely any magic, just some dragons. That is, it's going to be hard for anybody, anybody, Rockstar included, that would be really hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. Only cool idea I had was um, kind of the origin story for it, where you could, uh, mm-hmm. think of like a Dragon Age Origins, where you know you pick like a, a race, and you'd have an origin story that differs depending on who you choose. And I was thinking like if you align with a certain house, you have a different origin story, and, and are treated differently in the world because of that, and there are different... Uh, approaches to the politics of the game itself, but that's just my that was my only thing I could think of that I was like all right that that might be really cool but in the in the sense of um as a game itself you know the, the storytelling has to be top notch uh, especially for Game of Thrones, which many would argue is the best TV show to ever air yeah, the, like people are going yeah. that far and I, I I personally wouldn't agree or disagree with it um but yeah so you mean overall, you think it's the best show I have not caught show? up fully yet. Oh. Um, I'm only yeah, I, I haven't even watched Game of Thrones. Like, I don't. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's just everyone who seasons. watches it, it feels like yeah. they're just like, damn. I mean, season five is definitely to me the weakest one, but even when it's at its weakest, it's still sure. much better than. It's just uh, the, the first season is so hard to get into. It's so slow pace. Yeah, really. Like, yeah. 
I, th- I thought I thought it was good because I don't want to spoil it for you. It just like you know, someone dies and you're like, okay, I thought you know that was going to be an important person, but uh, I think that's true. But yeah. I think it just took so long for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they which is fine because they made that that was I mean it was a good setup. Like be prepared kind of thing. So yeah, which absolutely. was nice. But I, I just think yeah, I would agree. For some people, when you don't have magic, right, that mm-hmm. or at least the appearance of magic and you, you know, you have such a spread out story. It can be very difficult to make a season really feel like you're doing anything. And I think that that first season had a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Another thing I was thinking about if Bethesda game studios were to make this is that there are a lot of big war battles in game of Thrones and uh, somehow they'd have to learn how to do that. I think if they were to do combat, it could not just be the simple Skyrim, the you know, they'd actually have to make like a, a genuine combat system that had uh, a lot of mechanics to it other than just blocking slashing. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of mechanics to it that I don't think Bethesda Game Studios couldn't do, but I, I couldn't see them doing it all too well. Do, do you know who I think is probably a better choice? Um, and I don't remember the name of the developer, but the dev that made Shadow of Mortal. Even though, you know, Monolith? Shadow of War controversy, Monolith, yeah. Aside from those controversies, I mean... The dev itself did make a good game of an adaption of a movie. It's not, it's not a movie, Game of Thrones, but still, it told a different story, still in the same uh, universe, and it did a pretty good job with it. And may, maybe, I don't know, like, do we want an open world um, Game of Thrones, or do we want something more like Shadow of Mordor? Right. I go more open world. I, I think the best idea I had was the origin story. Like, I think that would be so cool. You know, that, that would yeah. lead to a lot of playthroughs and a lot of different, because, you know, part of the fun of Game of Thrones is this political structure. And so that makes it really interesting to be like actually involved in that. So, um, yeah. I mean, we could personally, we could I Stems think all day, I think Dragon Age Inquisition, just slather some Game of Thrones graphics on there. Call it good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I have a lot yeah, of problems. Get in there. They know how to make a good yeah. RPG. I, it's Ooh. like a uh, Skyrim with swords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Mm-mm. laughs> no. Oh boy. All right. On to even bigger and better news, am I right? When we talk about Creation Club, it launched this week, and uh, it was just very underwhelming. There was Onyx Power Armor, there was a Goss Rifle, some Pip-Boy reskins, uh, Hellfire Power Armor, a Backpack, and Horse Armor. Uh, I think I've got, I've got it all, but uh, that, that's about it. They gave us 100 free credits to experiment with, and the only things you could afford with that were the Pip-Boy reskins at 50 credits each and the Onyx Power Armor. Uh, none of this stuff offers substantial gameplay changes. Fans are really displeased, and this is all stuff we saw in the trailer from Bethesda, and, and a lot of us were just crossing our fingers that upon the release of the Creation Club, they were going to say, like, okay, we have this too, and fans have done some digging. On the Creation Club. And one thing we saw yeah. was that uh, Creation Club mods can only hold up to 4,000 records, which I, I think is like a memory kind of space thing. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. But for comparison, Automatron, which is the smallest quest mod, uh, or not mod, quest DLC we received in Fallout 4 was 50,000 records. And but why would that be the case? Why would Creation Club only be able to hold 4,000? I am not sure. Sense. They were yes, saying, four. though, that it's it's very, yeah, it could be that. And they were saying that it's very limited for compared to free modding. And so now people are concerned that we're not even going to see a, a potential future in this system. It's, it's dead on arrival, and it's going to suck down the line. Uh, the other concern is that there is a new file type introduced with the Creation Club mods. And I think it's ESL, I believe. And people yeah. are afraid that we're oh. going to have an issue 
kind of like Skyrim Special Edition, where certain mods yeah. only work with that version. Same thing with this here. So those are all the problems laid out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, guys. Well, I made my video and I said it was under underwhelming and pricey, and I still stand by that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like I number one. This, I have so many thoughts. We're going to be here for a while. Number one, I still think it's great that there is a way for modders to be able to get paid for it. I said this in my video. If I'm a YouTuber doing what I love as a hobby and getting paid for it, I'd be a hypocrite to say, but modders can't do the same. Yeah. That, that would be stupid. That would be, I'd be such an asshole for saying that. But the system still needs to be fair to consumers. And when you look at the items that are there, practically, they're very similar to what we've already had for free on, on Nexus and Steam Workshop and Bethesda.net for free for a very long time. At least on PC, it's been years, yeah? So I, what I'm asking is, what, what is the advantage of buying mods through Creation Club over getting mods on Nexus? Because, one, you've got the Bethesda QA, but the, the community does QA mods on Nexus. Good mods on Nexus yeah. won't run into compatibility issues or glitches or, or anything like that. In fact, oftentimes they're not. Mods are running better than you know Bethesda's actual content. Um the second one being that you can install these mods and play with achievements and trophies. But on PC, there's a mod to fix that. That only applies to consoles. Yeah. So there's that. So what else? Like, what, what else is the incentive for me to say, I'm going to spend $4 on a single piece of, on a, on a single gun, as opposed to downloading something very similar on Nexus? And, and, and just, record, and, you know, a little obsidian tie in, you know, for $3, you get the gun runner's arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Gunrunners was three ninety nine, and and it's I know that Gunrunners wasn't all like completely new models of guns. Sometimes they were just like you know, amped up versions of guns that we already had. But it was still like twenty to thirty new guns, plus a bunch of ammunition, plus a bunch of weapons. So, what's the incentive of buying mods on? I say mods, buying stuff on Creation Club over downloading it for free on Nexus. That's that's what I don't get, and not just as a whether it's fair to the consumers, but as a business prospect. How do they expect people to buy through that system? That's why I Because saying, people will buy shit. See, that's the thing. I don't think there's any positive to this. I don't think the company gives a fuck. Sorry if you guys like, I know you guys like Bethesda, mm. but you see their problems. So I know there's people right now in comments just like, fucker. But the fact is, is that I think a lot of these companies, we're going to talk about another company doing some crazy shit. I think a lot of these companies are taking some gambles by just saying, let's see what the fuck we can get away with. Because the fact is, you can't transfer money between PC and PS4, but you can between Xbox One and PC. The credits, why the fuck use a credit system? This is the stupidest goddamn thing. It's it's right out of mobile. Here, we're going to sell you some energy that you can then transfer to a fucking jewel, that you can then turn into a diamond, that you can then turn into gold. It's that, it's that stupid-ass double currency stuff that I hate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. additionally, when you look at the way it works, I said it might be memory on the PS4, but it just dawned on me. I would assume that those mods that we've already been using were actually more than the 4,000 records uh, changes. So that might be something to do with the Creation Club, maybe a, a, a limit right now. Um, yeah. I don't know. But I don't think they necessarily need a positive for the community. And I think we hope that they do. And I think that there's a, there's a certain disconnect there lately with us, including myself, searching for where the positive is when the honest sad truth is there is no positive there Mm -hmm. uh they're they're just doing it and Mm. even if they get a very small number of people doing it they will make a ton of money for example two worlds which put microtransactions transactions in a game that got barely played guess what numbers went up and they made a bunch of money 
yeah. and people bitched, but it didn't stop them. So yeah. All right. I don't know if you watched um, Juicehead's video on this, but he he talked to some actual Creation Club modders that were as part of the system, they were and they paid. were saying okay. that they were saying that I'm, I actually might be able to do this as a part time job now. Because like we're we're getting paid for milestones, not for what we're uh, what's actually being sold. And, but here's the thing, awesome. right? W- yeah. Which is good. But if they're being paid for milestones and you know not getting a slice of what's being sold, then what my question is is Bethesda can has even more of an incentive to bundle together some of those guns because you don't need to sell a single gun for four dollars. So, you can do a gun runner's arsenal wait. and bundle together. Sorry, wait, they don't so get paid I just for had both. A, I, I just had a moment where I just realized that right. they're not getting paid for the a items mod. being sold, then right. is Bethesda just pocketing all that? Is that... Or well, is this money it, that's what it is. Like, they're, they're trading, as far as I understand it, they're trading these Creation Club modders as if they were uh, independent contractors. They're saying, we're going to pay you this amount to make this item for us, which is exactly how games development works. Like, yeah. let's not mm-hmm. get it twisted. Right. That's not a bad thing, yeah? Mm-hmm. But... It's not like a YouTube video where when I upload it, I get a certain cut of the revenue based on views. So it's not like Creation Club Modders. They'll, like their, how much money they get is dependent on the success of a particular item being sold. So if that's the case, Bethesda has much more flexibility to say, well, we can combine together and bundle together different items in Creation Club to actually make it a little bit worthwhile. I mean, like for, again, $4 for a gorse rifle, I, I don't think it's worth it. But four dollars for like ten new weapons that we've never seen before, that becomes more interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, I'm confused. It, they're not getting, they're not getting paid for this, or they, or they for are the, for the end items. I, they they are they're getting paid based on milestones of the progress of their of the creation club mods they're creating. Yeah, and maybe they get a royalty bonus for X number of you know times their mod is downloaded or purchased. Maybe. I don't know that. But as, as far as we understand, the only thing we know is that they're getting ba- paid based on milestones. Hmm. Okay, and so, it's not dependent on sales. Okay, so my question, or I, I don't know what the question it would be. but explain the huge price hike. It, it might explain that, but here, so here's my worry. If you're just paid for milestones and you're not paid for the end result... You know, no, no, and but like, and and the end result as a milestone, but like I think maybe it could cut off then. Like okay, then, gotcha. for example, yeah. they're assigned three things. Like, we'll use what we have available to us. Okay, you're gonna make the backpack, the Gauss rifle, and the Onyx mm-hmm. power armor. He finishes yep. the Onyx power armor, paid, paid, and, and then yep. yeah, you finish the Gauss rifle, paid. Then he finishes the backpack. Okay, here's the completion bonus, whatever. But again, if we're saying that they're not paid for in some way a stipend for those downloads the reason yeah. why that bothers me a little bit or the reason why it scares me a little bit is because as a creator if i was paid to just do things it's one of the reasons why my patron doesn't say pay me per video because i'll fucking i just do a fucking video every hour yeah so i don't like the idea of of milestones alone is what i'm saying i want the modders to get paid for sure but i want them to not only get paid for the milestones I- i'm completely blown away that i mean and it sounds like some of them are but we don't know and that's the thing that's great. yeah we, we we do not know but this in fact this Why is do the we very not know so yeah weird. this is the very similar argument to the voice actor union strike that happened right, right? for getting paid an x number of amount for every two million copies of a game sold so yeah. like pretty much royalties yeah so I, and again we we don't know whether that's happening all we've been told is that they get paid paid based on milestones so i'm not going to assume anything else that's what I'm saying. No, you're right. You're right. And yeah, 
I mean, yeah, you're right. I all I it, care about is that yeah. they get money that's commensurate with what they're doing. And and th- there's a few upsides and downsides to that. I mean, on one side, it doesn't matter whether their individual uh, mod doesn't sell well; that they exactly. they're still getting paid, which I think at the at the minimum that should be happening. But again, the the argument that I was making is that because they're getting paid based on milestones and their revenue is not dependent upon how much how many times their item is sold and mm-hmm. how much money it attracts to Bethesda, Bethesda has more flexibility to combine together stuff and reduce yeah. prices. Because let's say this, let's say if their money was slightly dependent upon how much revenue the actual mod itself uh, generated for Bethesda, what if Bethesda's like, all right, this isn't selling well, we're going to reduce it from 4 to $2, and that actually halves the revenue that the mod creator is making from this? Right. That's a problem, right? So yeah. like, th- this, there is no clear answer to this, is there? My biggest concern... No, but why do we not know, guys? Why do we uh, not yeah. know? Isn't that the weird thing lately? It's like yeah. we're all fucking or NDA, mysterious. <laughs> my, my biggest question is... Are they intentionally not seeing all the free equivalents? I mean, everything they offered, there is a free equivalent. Right. That is my thing. It's yeah. like, okay, they want to make money off of this, but I can find Hellfire Power Armor. I put it in the video. I put up like three different free equivalents to what was offered in the Creation Club. Yeah. Is Bethesda Except for taking... uh, Praise Morgan suit, whatever. Yeah, that, that one was cool. But my thought is, are they taking the approach that we were talking about? Actually, we guessed about it last week. It ended up being true. Where they looked at Brink, they said, why not? Do you think they looked at the Creation Club and just went, why the fuck not? Someone's going to buy it. Like, like Carrick said, do, do you think they're uh, trying to push it and just say, like, all right, let's see how far we can go? No, I, I think this is more considered. I think this is the part of a bigger picture where I, I, I'm not saying, like, people that think that Bethesda's going to try and eventually undermine Fremont's, I mean, that is suicide, absolute oh. suicide for them. No one would trust them ever again. But what I think they're trying to do is... In the future, they'd like to have a healthy system where people on console... I, I think this is mainly targeted towards console. Let, let's mm-hmm. be clear about that. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're putting it on PC, because why the fuck not, right? We already have this entire system on... on no, but seriously, mm-hmm. I think that's that. But on console side, because they don't have the full availability of mods and because they're constrained with memory limits and you know all that kind of stuff, they're, they're saying we need a way... To be able to sell this kind of content and make some money, like that's, I think it's a bigger plan. Whether it's good or not, like I don't like the system as it is now. Do you know why it bothers is. me when when we talk about if it is a bigger plan? It's sort of like getting a painting and then just painting the corner, covering it up, and selling it to somebody without telling them what it is and not telling them when it'll be done. And so there, there's no plan, <laughs> like because uh, I was a nerdy fat kid. So the thing <laughs> is, is like it's it's difficult to know what they're trying to do. And and I I'm. There's got to be a PR person right now in Bethesda who is literally behind closed doors headbutting shit in anger that that company can't get their fucking ducks in a row. Like I get, I bet Pete is probably one of the one of those people who's just like, what? He's having such a hard time. I saw, I saw a really. I mean, it's got to be horrible. Is that uh, Austin Horgan? Uh, he, he used to do shoddy cast videos. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Game theory. Oh, okay. he made a really good point. He's like, I kind of can't blame Pete Hines because uh, Austin doesn't like Creation Club and stuff. He's like, I kind of can't yeah. blame Pete Hines because it's not his fault that he has to communicate really shitty ideas. You know, right. It's there's only so far. Although, you can go although on Pete Hines it. has a say in this. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, here. he's VP at I think marketing too, or something like that. Yeah, but like you know, he he has a lot of sway in the company. I cannot doubt that he doesn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's his job to communicate that, and it's like, God, this is like, he's got to think so many times, like, this is such a fucking bad idea. It's like, (laughs) someone used the perfect analogy, it's like, you're peeing on someone, and you're trying to convince them that you're only raining on them, or something (laughs) like that. It's not actually a golden shower. Like, that's the analogy. 
it's it, it's um it's sad. Time. It, they need what the, what these companies need to start doing is giving just a little bit more data, and they haven't yet. Mm. It, it'd be nice to just know a couple of the even the plans. Like, hey, here's our rollout idea. Here's what we want to roll out, and and put some genuine plans out there. When when you get AMD or Nvidia, right, and they they do their announcements. If you ever watch any of those, they're very even though they don't always hit them, they're very good about showing a slide and saying in 2018 we want to hit this. In 2000, right? Mm-hmm. You never see that. You no. never see that from one of our companies. Like fucking, they would. I don't yeah. even know if they would know what to do with any year dated after the one they're fucking living in. Like, would Pete just go, "What the fuck is 2019 mean?" <laughs> they're also, they're also ingrained in right now and flowery shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and and when this happens, oh yeah, you will freak. But he doesn't say in a good way. Just that you'll freak. And, it, it, I would like to see some some like ideas of speaking uh, you of know, that this year, next year. It doesn't stop here. We saw what happened in Fallout 4. We have yet to see what happens in Skyrim. And whatever Bethesda does next, it's in there, too. This is going to mm-hmm. keep popping oh, up. Right. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to keep popping up. I actually and forgot. <laughs> I, I was going to mention this, actually. A lot of those items as part of the Creation Club. And I, I think I get a hat real quick. those, those uh, Pip-Boy reskins, I think they were actually made by Bethesda employees. Because remember, Creation Club is external people and Bethesda people as well sure. that, that are just doing stuff. So this is my thing. If if this is truly like uh, this mini DLC, this is not my term. This is Pete Hines' phrase. If it's mini DLC, why isn't the DLC price commensurate or equivalent to DLC in the past? And when you have in the past Far Harbor, which was twenty five dollars, which came with you know up to twenty new weapons, yeah, but then you have a single weapon being sold for four dollars or a single piece of armor being sold for five dollars. That's that's there's a disconnect there. So if it is mini DLC, like I would like to see the price be set at a level to what we've been paying already for for DLC in the past. I mean, Automatron was yeah, well yeah, Automatron was ten dollars. So if you're saying Automatron was ten dollars, how can you say a single gun is four four dollars? Yeah, it doesn't make Mm. it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, again. Because there's a lack of information, it, they just need to. And I don't. We don't need to know everything a company's doing. That's ridiculous. No, of course I, I'm, not. I'm a yeah. big fan of of telling people off when they say that. Uh, Plus, Bethesda's I, a private company. You so, mentioning Automatron. Company. Remind me. I don't know if this is what you were saying while I was gone for a second. But have we added up how much all this Creation Club content costs? No, that's oh, what. He, so not someone total, on Reddit no. has one second. Let me get it. But right. keep talking. No, you I mean, was just so going to say that. Bought it all. I'm curious. How much money it all costs in comparison to um, Far Harbor. what's offered on, yeah, like Far, Far Harbor, Harbor or or even Automatron. Automatron's about well, we did three, yeah, we did four hours long, plus all the stuff you can build. It's and how like, long's Far Harbor? Far Harbor is Far Harbor's pretty long, isn't it? Twenty five. But hours. what I'm saying is, like Far Harbor had the the quest, the story content, hours of play, and, an and entirely item. new area, new map, yeah, and new weapons. And role playing, <laughs> and like, so all up, all up. Apparently, there's three. It costs three thousand points to give get everything on Creation Club. So that would be about what is it, thirty bucks? Yeah, it's uh, all right. So the pricing scheme was seventy five or seven hundred and fifty credits for for eight dollars. So that's so. Let's say on average, it's every a hundred point is uh is a dollar. Okay, so that would that would be thirty bucks. Yeah. No, I'm not. so yeah. thirty bucks for that, or twenty five. Like that, yeah. And 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 
Fallout 4 season pass originally until about August, or I'm sorry, about, we'll say June, was $30. Yeah. So fans who were, I wouldn't even say early investors, Bethesda gave an okay amount of time before they hiked it up. Fans who invested in the season pass at all got all that content for 30 bucks. And now we look at the Creation Club, 30 bucks for that. And this makes me wonder, I mean, how are they going to handle the season, like a season pass going forward? Is that going to include um, all Creation Club content? Are exactly. they eventually going to move to a Netflix model where you pay $10 a month and you get everything under Creation Club? I will tell you this, and, and, and we'll never know, because like I said, these guys can, can never, ever talk about the future unless it involves some flowery shit. But if, if we were talking two, two games down the line, so you got like Fallout 4, you got like Skyrim 2.5, whatever, and you have one other game, and they're all backed up by some kind of, I don't even want to say it, I was almost going to authorize the okay for a subscription for mods for all of them for like nine bucks, but I just don't want another subscription, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I, any way I think of it, it's another like monthly or, you know, like I just don't like the idea of. Yeah. I, I mean, a viewer suggested to me know. that like, he said, what if it was two bucks a month? Would you be into that? I'd be like, that would soften the blow entirely. But I a think. month do we, but a month, like, do you want another, another yeah, on top of your netflix and your google i mean Play xbox music and... live psn fucking i mean put it in psn I, 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 say this I, I, I say psn you're paying or at least for PSN, offer the option we'll i mean like or, 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 here's yeah. the thing right I you know, could I have just, i think i'm not subscribed to a lot of stuff i have psn xbox oh, okay netflix, yeah, yeah, yeah. gym okay that's four things right. so a fifth fair I, I fair you could have the option you could say you can purchase items individually. Like, this is just, like, the start of the problems. But mm. purchase items individually or pay a monthly fee and you get access to all of them, all right? But I think one of the big issues here... The, the, again, there's a lot of issues. Um, it's the price of the individual items, yeah? And, the, and a way to reduce that is by saying, look, let, let's put it this way, yeah? Let's say that most people are only going to buy one piece of content or maybe two yeah so for yeah. they're ever, only ever going to spend let's say five dollars so if they're only going to spend five dollars that means they're only going to use or download one weapon why not say for five dollars we'll give you three weapons because then they'll be like oh okay i'll spend five and i'm more likely to spend another five because it's cheaper but if they're only going to spend five dollars because it's one weapon and that's it it's the same amount of revenue for Bethesda. It's not like they're manufacturing these mods. I mean, it's digital content. They can spit out as many as they want. Mm. So that's why I'm saying, like, bundling, I think, is a good way to, to, to fix it. Also, as well, give people free stuff. Give people lunchboxes in, in Fallout Shelter. Give them old DLC for old Fallout games. Give them free trials of Esso or crowns in Esso. Like, make the purchase worthwhile because right now there is no benefit to exactly. just going to, to Nexus and downloading for free. And another thing, I don't know why Quest Mods wouldn't be factor, possible. Because they're on Bethesda yeah. Net too. So. And, and this is the thing. Like if, if these are mini DLC, why can't we have Quest Mods? That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Practically. I have a question for you guys. When I open up Xbox or PS4, do I now have two places, two different tabs for where I want to download my mods? Club. So. There is a yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm main... sorry. That's just the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever You're heard. You're talking of. about the main menu, right? Like when you open up the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go on the main menu and it literally says Creation Nexus Club. Nexus and mods. Creation Club. I'm. It did. That is a bad. It's like, just that it, stupid. It's trying to be sold on the premise that this is somewhat official content that will run with your game with achievements, regardless of no glitches or anything. All right, and uh, I get that. 
that's a minimum. I think that's a minimum <laughs> that you will need to sell the stuff in the first place. Minimum. But it's not enough. It's not enough when someone can be like, I don't mind taking a risk on a free gorse rifle if it's almost certain, like, it's pretty much guaranteed to run just as well as the other yeah. one. And there might be issues, but I'm okay with that because okay. I'm going to tell the mod author and it'll get fixed. And let's be honest, Bethesda's the company that patched their own game, so their fucking dragons flew backwards. So it's not like you can magically wake up and assume that Bethesda knows what the fuck they're doing. None of these companies do. They'll fuck up a patch just like anybody else. They'll fuck up items. Another thing I don't want is a download from the mods, then a download from the Creation Club not working because they say, yeah, oh, it'll for is... sure work with your original game. Mm -hmm. But what if I if I have both tabs? People aren't going to know what the... I mean, a lot of people are just going to... It looks cool. Yeah. There's <laughs> a, there was a rumor. Uh, a patron is actually nice enough to debunk it for me, but there was a rumor going around oh. that when you downloaded uh, Creation Club content that it would disable your mods. And I think it was just a bug. Nah, a yeah, I think it was just a bug because some people, a lot of people actually were saying in, the, in a comment, they're like, yeah, this is happening to me. I don't know if it was just like a chain lie where they were just like, fuck Bethesda. I don't know, really. But... Uh, I had a patron test it on the Xbox One, and it was fine. And so that was the other concern when I originally saw that, though. I mean, imagine that. If that, if that disabled modding, oh, my God. That's just no, like, it, that, that's literally like Bethesda it's saying, not gonna hate I, us, I, I, I please, stand by we that. want it. Yeah. But apparently what is happening, which is another point of discussion, is that this stuff is being automatically downloaded to your console or PC. Yeah, what the fuck? It's part, it's part of the... Like, no, and this is the thing. This is what Gopher was saying is that the reason why they're doing that is because on Xbox One, Microsoft has said you can only have two gigabytes, of, gigs of loose files, yeah? P PS4 said it's like 900 megabytes or something like that. So I think that's Bethesda's way of getting around that and saying, well, we're just going to ship this content with the main game. So there's still two gig gigabytes of loose files that you can use for free modding. I think oh. that's an unfortunate <laughs> circumstance there. Oh. You say, oh, are, you like, saying, are you saying I'm buying something that's already on the disc? That's literally like Street Fighter <laughs> Dude, 4 with, the, with Mega Man. Because fuck on you. Disc. That's yeah. not you, Lone, but fuck yeah. you. Like, I bought a virtual fighter suit one time, and when I hit download, it did the thing where it's like 7KB, and I'm all, that's odd. Like, why yeah. is it so small? And then it dawned on me, I'm like, you bastards. Um, but again, I, guess, I, I like that's I the get, like, I think, and I don't know if this is true, but I think that's to get around the loose file limit. So, like, in a way, you could say that that's not impacting your free modding like you still have right. two gigabytes of free modding on on xbox mm -hmm. which is fine but there's still a conundrum there like the only way that this is resolved is is if the system is fixed on consoles by talking to microsoft and sony but the problem is i i think i'm not saying this is the entire reason but a part of it is because sony wanted this stuff to be qa'd by bethesda in the first place that's why a lot of stuff isn't being sold i mean sorry a lot of free mods aren't on ps4 there's like there's so many conflicting things here. I don't That's think the there is a right Sony answer. Sony players are going to be the one buying in the most because they have nothing already. So they might see something like a Prey Morgan suit and just go, it's pretty cool. It's it. pretty cool. Like $4. Like... Yeah, like what's $4? Oh, I don't go out to lunch today. Whatever. You know, it... That's the thing I'm afraid of. It, it is... Like, okay, for, we'll take BuzzFeed, for example, how, like, how many people have clicked on that saying, like, I hate to give them this click, hate to give them that ad revenue, but I just gotta see what, what fucking stupid shit they're saying, and, and you click what on it anyway, pack? and then, you gotta tell me, BuzzFeed. and then, and then millions of people do that, and then all of a sudden, BuzzFeed's like, ching, and, and I think the same thing's gonna happen with Creation Club, uh, whether it's experimental, or curiosity, or actual interest, some of the people are gonna be like, well, what's my one little purchase gonna do, and then, 
they all combine into this one big thing that has a effect that will move Bethesda to say, well, I guess they're enabling us. Let's see what else we can do. So, oh no, you bet. That's that's exactly it. They yeah. they they'll put it up there. It's available. If something's available, someone. I mean, this someone, is the reason yeah. why. And it's the reason why, for example, you hear a lot of people say, are some criminals, depending on what they do, really as much to blame as a gambler, let's say, because their brain works a particular way, something's there, and they're just like, okay, it's there, and you know, they don't have that willpower to stop. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. I, I, and I'm, I'm not saying we should safeguard everybody. The world doesn't need a fucking bib. But I think when it comes down to it, you do have to, you do have to explain things. You do have to be clear on what you're trying to do. And even if you're just like, I, I just want to know what's happening. And yeah. I don't. Like, it's it's hard to know. It's like Lone saying, well, these files might do this and might do that. Lone should not have to fucking ever say that. That's the thing that bothers me. It would be like a company saying, guess what? There might be brakes on your car. I mean, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> do I have to go check? And and gaming is like that right now. I mean, this is and, not and this the only is, one we're going to talk about. This is the confusing gaming. thing. I mean... For me, at, at the end of the day, what I don't understand is why the like again. I keep using the phrase: if they are mini DLC as they describe, why aren't these set pri- at prices that are commensurate cents. or relevant, yeah. like consistent with DLC in the past? Because there's there's That's no true. difference here. I mean, console like Xbox and Sony are still getting a cut of every piece bit, bit of sales on this. Right. I can guarantee you on that, right? Mm-hmm. But they're getting a cut on DLC sales as well too. Like. Sony and Xbox are getting however many percent on each sale of Far Harbor through the consoles, and they're doing the exact same for Creation Club content. So why is there such a big disparity in prices? That's my question. Here's my brilliant suggestion. If Bethesda wanted to do more mini-DLC, fucking build a 20-man team and make it yourself. And I'm not saying, like, they're lazy. I'm not going down that route because me and Carrick have talked about it playing where we just don't think the devs just wake up and go, I'm going to be fucking lazy and just say, fuck this. But I truly believe Bethesda's got the money, the ability to hire, and, you know, here's the thing, is we're saying, like, okay, they'll use the modders to do this. Actually fucking hire these guys full-time, bring them into the office, make them a part of the actual team, and have them make DLC. If you want to keep your games alive and people coming back to them, no one has an issue with that. We all want to go back and maybe try out some more Fallout 4 content. Even Skyrim, I think that would be cool to see kind of like a resurrection with new DLC somewhere. Kind of like what Beyond Skyrim Bruma did, I thought that was a, a cool thing they did. And that's also on the Xbox One now, by the way, for those interested. But I, I, that's just my thing. is like, why not do it yourself? If you want mini official DLC, then make it feel that way. Instead of adding a Creation Club tab, put it under the downloadable content tab you also have on the main fucking menu. Yeah. Uh, and and plus, they, they are making done, some of the stuff themselves. Like, Bethesda is actually creating some of the stuff, too. That's what Maddie was saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said that earlier. And I didn't know that. I mean, I guess I did, but they, they just haven't really... They haven't proven. I mean, none I mean, of it Bethesda's looks good enough apparently for me to say that must it, be but... made by Bethesda. So to me, none of what's been released looks like it was made by Bethesda. But I, you know, they're not well, this, Bethesda and anyway. I, I think we need, as part of the descriptions for each of this content, tell us who made it. But be honest about true. it. Like, yeah. Th- yeah, there is jarring to me. I mean, so you know, it There's no reason to hide that. Made by? No, no, it doesn't. So like, that's... say if it's if it's been made internally by an employee that was just having a bit of fun. Right. Or someone that's external, because also I actually want to see these uh, creators get some credit for their work. 
It's like it's like being in the credits for the game. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, it would be really cool. Um, one modern thing that's come up a lot is Eleonora. Like, it would be awesome to see like a mod and say made by her. It's like holy crap! Like we've seen her go on this whole journey, and now look at her. She's in the game itself, and like her name's right there on the menu. Like, I, I don't know. I just think yeah, some credit like that would be due. But I guess you know. I guess, yeah, at the end, there are credits, but I'm saying, like, every weapon you, you pick up and fall out for Skyrim, it's not like they have the, the stats, like, deals 20 damage incendiary, also made by, like, no. Yeah, but so, but that that's that's but the suggestion, different. that if this is part of Creation Club and it's a separate thing, then treat it as a separate thing. We don't say which, like, which person made which ga- uh, weapon in the game itself, mm. but this isn't the game itself, is it? It's Creation Club. It's an identity issue, too. More than anything. Yeah. That's a very good point. Like, there, there are so many teething issues here. Mm. And look, if this system were to go away tomorrow, I wouldn't think twice because I would never engage with it. Yeah. But if it's going to stay around, I'd rather see it improved. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is it, it goes back to the whole thing with the record limit. I, I don't know if it's a repeatable process where they can do like 8,000, 12,000, but a lot of monitors are saying that's not possible with it. So if it's horrible now that. and it doesn't have a future... And it's like, fuck, you know, what's the point? And I, well, not what's the point. I know what the point is. They're, they're just going to get a couple bucks out of it, raise their bottom line a little. It just sucks for consumers. So if you're listening to this, please don't support it. But this is, I should also highlight, and Lone said this earlier, it's nothing against the modders. You know, it's nothing against the people who actually yeah. make this stuff. It's not like we think your stuff is bad. It's Bethesda putting or Zenimax. No, I personally believe you should go to Nexus, find that modder. If you, if you find and know anybody and fucking give them some money. No one donates though. That yeah. that is the key. I know one I heard the that. Things here. Like I'm not suggest like at all. Don't think I'm suggesting that people didn't donate to Bethesda's doing this instead. Absolutely not. Yeah, but mm-hmm. still, modders. You know, some of them actually yeah. want to be paid for this, and and that's Absolutely. I think that's modders fair. Are... Absolutely, yeah. But people aren't donating, yeah, and that's sad. a problem. So that just blows me away because so you man, might have I a modder. I yeah, so you might have a modder that's like well. It's actually better for me to start making, not making mods for Nexus for free because I'm not getting paid for it. And now I'm going to start making mods for Creation Club that are going to be sold because I'm not yeah. getting money for the other one because no one's donating did, to me. Did uh, OOO or uh, Mardigan's uh, Monster Mod, did either one of those move into Skyrim from Oblivion? They were my favorite mods of all time, made by Mardigan. He was a modder. I think he did, um, actually. You're yeah, talking like sure. 300 new monsters. There were a huge I level. So. I mean, they yeah, were they were legitimately so. the coolest mods. In fact, I would say... I think that I was in Fallout games. 3. Something along those lines. It was Fallout 3. It was, it was. Fallout 3 as well. Um, yeah. I know it was there. I was just wondering if it got into Skyrim. The reason why I bring it up oh, is God, because... Oh, God. That was so jarring in Fallout 3, like, walking around, seeing some, like, shit. Like, one of Bingo's. Yeah, the one of Bingo's. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, I, I would like to see, you know, somebody like that who creates basically created an avenue for me to re-experience the game a lot longer than I ever would. Mm -hmm. Like I never, ever would have returned to that. Um, yeah, I want right now. I don't, I see that this could be better for those people, but I can't see that it's better because there's no information on how it is. There's no information on, you know, we don't even know if they get paid for downloads. We do know milestones. What do the milestones mean? Those kind of things. It, it, there just needs to be more data because right now, I'm going to tell you guys this. Um, we can say, let's wait. We can say it's not a great thing and we can say that there's some teething issues. I don't necessarily think that people should trust a company that can't release something like this successfully. And the reason why I bring that up is if you look at it from a consumer standpoint, uh, it, it, it doesn't bode well for whatever next they do because they didn't get mm. this right. 
if they can't get shit right, that then then how many times do we go? Oh, okay. I, every time I bought a, I love Bethesda. I like their games, but I bought them and they're fucking buggy as hell at first. And yeah. now we have this where they they didn't do this well. And after a while, you have to be like, you know, if it's the girlfriend that continually treats you like shit, one day you just leave her at the fucking gas station, and you're like, bye. And, and this is the thing. And I, I don't want to do that because I like their shit. Mm-hmm. And this is back. exactly why. <laughs> We're having this conversation. This is exactly why I made my video and I tweeted out to Pete. I said, Pete, practically Pete. this stuff is very similar. And you're comparing when you compare it to Far Harbor, etc. Like what I said before, it's relatively pricey. If you're gonna keep it around, I'd rather see it improved. But those improvements need to be made now. Like some people said, Well, we should just wait until there's new content and see how that is. But that's not the that's just part of the problem. Another yeah. part of the problem is the system itself not being geared right. And that can be fixed today. Like Bethesda could turn around and say, we're going to start adding, you know, descriptions as to who made these mods. Mm -hmm. We're going to say every time you purchase this package, we're going to give you free credits. Or like they can be doing stuff today very easily. Time play, quest completed, challenges. Exactly. All that, like like, every every 10 hours you play, you get like 200 credits or something. How dope would it be if with this system, they launched a challenge mode? All right, we'll, we'll keep it simple. You killed 500 enemies. You get, we'll say 50, not 50 credits, that's way too small. You get 250 credits. You know, for playing the game, for starting up a new playthrough, for getting to certain points in the story, you get credits, like a one-time challenge thing. And you can buy stuff from the Creation Club, where it rewards you for playing the game. It's not too much of a grind. I think that would be a a well-working system. But where I really wanted to steer this direction to kind of wrap up this big story is... We look at Bethesda now and what they were, I'd say, pre-Fallout 4. Now, no company goes out there and doesn't want to make money, but I think Bethesda was one of the few AAA companies that wouldn't go out there like an Activision, like an EA, and make it so blatantly obvious that, like, okay, we want money, and you're going to give it to us. And Bethesda turned into that. So I have to pose the question, and I don't know if this really applies to Carrick, more so Lone and myself. Has the Bethesda that, you know, we loved, uh, just are they long gone now? But in, in no. the scheme of things... Because we got to look at the Fallout 4 season pass, the review policy, Creation Club, but then they make pretty good games. And it's like... You got to remember, well, I liked I liked Bethesda. I mean, my favorite game of all time is Daggerfall. So I've like I yeah, I just want to make sure, just because I know Lone and I, we've been we've been on this road for and a while. And your channels are based on that. Yeah, it's just Go ahead, you. Lone. I didn't want to speak say? for you. No, it's fine. No, I mean, fine. has Bethesda changed? Yes, they have. A lot of the decisions have they made that, that I don't agree with? Of course. I mean, the, the review policy thing, this, I mean, this, this is a lot of stuff that it's happening more frequently as well, saying, oh, like, come on, Bethesda. I mean, I, I don't want to see you do, do this. And, and a lot of people are saying that, like, we want to actually like you because you're still making good games that we all love. But is it too late for them to turn around? I don't think it's too late for any company to turn around. I agree. They just need to have the, you know, management to, to make the right decisions. It's as simple as that. Like, I know that, it, but here's the problem, though. It's it's the goodwill that you generate. It's very easy to lose, and it's very hard to get back. Mm-hmm. That's the key here. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, it's proof, positive, uh, <clears throat> scientific proof that humans track loss better than they track gain. So if we do oh, have God, a situation yeah. where something bad happens... Uh, people will remember that far longer than than anything good. Uh, you know, Daggerfall, uh, Morrowind, fantastic titles. But I, I'll say that I I don't even agree with Lone in the one element of like the review policy, for example. I personally feel like Bethesda has been rolling towards this horrible whatever that they are now. This fucking miasma of a monster. I'm I, I've been thinking that they've been doing this for even 
you know, for, for longer than I think some other people have. Okay. It just feels to me like they are on their way towards <laughs> be calling Beth Activision, you know? Yeah. And I know, I, I, I know you, you're going to make no, a video. No, <laughs> dude, I, here's the thing though. I, you know, I, I completely agree. I love their games. I said it, um, that like, it's been since probably vanilla elder scrolls online that I've sat there and gone like, damn, this is not good. Like Bethesda publishes really good games and I'm no, I make it no secret. I enjoyed fallout four too. I mean, they make good they games and it's really conflicting because they have these strange, not even strange, but just dumb blinding the consumer marketing decisions. Like the review policy. I looked it over again because I'm making a video about this exact topic. And I was looking at their review policy explanation again. I was like, like, this is even more stupid a year later. Almost yep. the fact that their reasoning was, we want everyone to play the game at the same time. Give me a fucking break. I'm sorry. That is such a joke in a fucking half. I can't stand that. No one cares. I'm, but you know, I, I can't name a single consumer, and I'm sure there's someone out there who who wants to be on launch day blind and not know what reviewers, right. whether it's media, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, think of the game, so they can say. Hey, this game's good. I'm going to go buy it. Or hey, this game's bad. I'm or going to it's avoid like it. Hellblade, where it has a you know a, a a problem with you know getting past a certain point, yeah. where which Jim Sterling ran into. That's what I'm more worried about is like bugs and stuff like mm-hmm. that getting and, and and that lack in in a review policy like that, that lack of the ability. But yeah, it's it, it's sad, man. I just I honestly do think like Beth Activision is is what I'm going to call them from now on, and it, it that yeah. disturbs me because I grew up with them. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, Morrowind got me through some horrendous times in my life. Mm-hmm. And and it I cannot describe to you the first time I saw um, Ogren. Aren't they Ogren? Or the big giant dude in the center of uh, he's he's an Ogren. I think that's I think that's a proper term. This um, is from Morrowind. Morrowind. I, admittedly, I have not played a lot of Morrowind. Oh, OK. Yeah. And then like the dude with the fucking sandals, the jumping sandals that lands in front of you. <laughs> when you I love that shit. Dude, it, it was fucking it was. And and all I did, I spent almost the entire game stealing people's hats because you could put hats on people. You could give them their item, your mm-hmm. items, sell them, and they would sometimes put them on. And then if you turned around, you could steal something from them. You had one chance. So I would steal their hat and then run out of town with like 50 people following me. <laughs> I just you could do these yeah. crazy things. The, I will remember them forever. Yeah, and I'm worried that that'll be gone. The first time you discover Bethesda Game Studios game, I think it's special for anyone. Like for me, my first Bethesda yeah. Game Studios game it was technically Fallout Three. I hated it the first time, and what I really fell in love with uh, BGS was uh, was Oblivion. I had tried Morrowind before, but I, I just it was at the wrong time. I was way too young to understand sure. that game at all. I'd get out of the first area, I swing my weapon and, and, and just think like, why the fuck am I not hitting this thing? So. Oblivion was it for me, and I, just the, the endless amount of feeling content, that open-ended exploration, uh, being a part of all these factions, just this foreign universe, yeah. and, and it's so believable, so fun, um, where like I could just be an assassin, I could be a major, just all this shit. Like, it, was, it was like a dream come true, and uh, that's when I personally fell in love with them, and you know, for me, it was 8th grade, I want to say, uh, but ever since then, I, I've just been a big fan, and yeah, it just it sucks to see them go down this route because part of me just i want to get some answers before i really start freaking out because i I gotta know if this is bethesda or is this suits at zenimax really just it's gotta be a combination of both but i i mean just i want to know which party's really more to blame here because zenimax has done some we're talking about the company pain as shit yeah sues a ton 
is really protective of their properties and, and seems to now want to make a dime wherever they can. So that's why I'm just like a little, like I'm not going into outrage culture. I can't stand it. I don't really believe in it. But like, unless it's Activision, but uh, that's more so for humor than anything. But uh, with Bethesda, you know, I'm definitely trying to be more patient because of, you know, all the journeys they provided me with and, and just all the good times. And they're still making good games. So it'd be kind of weird to freak out about something, but at the same time, adore the the content they make and say like you should still buy it though like so you gotta and again like it's an awkward position this is all part of the conversation and i'll use an example the reason why when dishonored 2 came out on pc it was a shit port the reason why we got prey really good on pc at launch was because of that Mm -hmm. yeah and and because of everyone complaining about it that's the only way things change i'm not saying be a dick about it i'm saying voice your grievances yeah that's the only way things are going to change yeah dude i've been saying that to people they're like why aren't you like fucking yelling at them and shit i'm like dude because they don't listen there is a reason that a lot of us bethesda youtubers have earned their respect it's because we come at them and just say here's our problem here's what the community is saying yeah. pros and cons done not what yeah. the fuck is this no I mean, it really doesn't get a message across. And I'm a hypocrite because I yell at Activision. I know. But I'm just saying. I'm not trying to get a fucking message to them. They're hopeless. Yeah. Bethesda, I think there's hope for. I think, yeah, I think there's hope for any company. But Oh, absolutely. You know, for, for some, it's just hard. <laughs> <laughs> not Activision. Sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there alone. <laughs> All right. That was about a 50-minute topic there on the Creation Club. Hope you guys enjoyed. Let's roll into just some more minor Bethesda news before we dive into some other exciting stuff. Uh, New Elder Scrolls Online Dungeons. It's called Horns of the Reach. It's in a free game patch, I believe. Um, Bloodroot Forge, an ancient, long-forgotten forge that was recently rediscovered by the Reachmen and their Minotaur allies. This forge, rumored to have been created by Daedric Prince Hircine, can create weapons of unbelievable power. When exploring this dungeon, you will navigate through heavy vegetation and deep lava-filled corridors to reach the heart of the forge and put a stop to the to uh, Garrig Bullblood's plans. That's a really interesting name. There's also Falkreath Hold, a township under siege that will soon fall to the marauding hordes of Damihos, the Blood-Horned. You and your companions must break the siege, move into town and Jarl's Hall, and defeat the monstrous warlord himself. So, so cringy. Listening it's to fucking, video it's all a Ronnie James Dio fucking, <laughs> you know, it's like, Holy Diver, go into the dungeon of Red Mia. You're just you like, are, oh, it's sisters the, of the king of Sakurai. Exactly. <laughs> Wield the magic way. <laughs> yeah, it's, my it's, favorite thing is, <laughs> my favorite thing is always removing adjectives from video game descriptions. I've, I've done it before. It's my favorite thing because it just removes all fucking sizzle and, and just shows how bare bones <laughs> what they're doing is. Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I like the game more than you did originally. So I'm, I'm, and now it's even better. It's, it sort of like reminds me of Siege, one of those mm-hmm. games that started out and had all kinds of fucking issues, in it, and yeah. I like for some reason. So I'm stoked that people get more content for that. I haven't got a chance to return, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I haven't played in a while. I made the mistake, and I say this in a good way. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV with a friend, um, and oh. oh goodness gracious, we are hooked. Lots. Wait, what? Yeah, fourteen or fifteen? Fourteen. 14's the online. Uh, okay, know. thank you. This is the no, fucking no. problem. You guys are Final Fantasy fans and can't get this shit right. Too many numbers! I am Yeah, not. and this one's 14, A Realm Reborn, because the original 14 failed and got closed down. You know, just a little history lesson there. And just I've liked two. Out of all the Final Fantasies, I've liked two. So. 
out and of what one, the 30 it, it's final... just addicting it, it's a lot of fun but it, it shined cool. a lot of the uh positives of elder scrolls online where i've actually started to miss it a little bit because i moved away from it after uh eso morrowind i, I really wasn't impressed with that dlc at all i, I just found it very nostalgia bait which is fine for that type of dlc but uh it, it didn't have any creativity any want to do something more on top of morrowind uh, so I, I just I didn't like it all that much, and it, I just kind of stopped playing after that. But as uh, I played more Final Fantasy, I realized how much more emphasis there is on voice acting. There's hardly any in Final Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. Questing, I really like that in, in more, uh, ESO. They really put an emphasis on making quests feel different. It's not always a collect-a-thon. Yeah. Uh, they did right. a really good job with it, and you can see that now, especially when sitting down and playing a different MMO. I've, I've played a decent amount, but it's been a while since I've played like a different current one outside of uh, ESO. So I have to say, I, I'm in that same boat. I'm happy they're getting more content. I'm happy they're still supporting it. Mm. And Lone, that would be good for collab mode, wouldn't it? You know what? It, it would. I mm-hmm. I played the, um, speaking of games, kind of good for collab mode. I played Destiny 2, the beta, <sighs> and it's like... <sighs> I, honestly, I th- it's it's a it's a worse kind of Borderlands, but it's one of those games that I could only ever imagine playing with friends. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it would be so boring on my own. Mm-hmm. God bless the people who play it by themselves. I wish Fuck you the me. best. <laughs> Fuck Holy me. hell! Yeah, I uh, I have zero interest in Destiny Two. Like, very rarely is there a big AAA release where I'm like. I could review this. Activision offered a review copy. I'm just like, I'm good. Thanks. Like, oh, did I, they? Yeah. They didn't even offer. They uh, they they told me, at least the contact told me, they, they were going to give me the review copy, but it would go live with everybody else. Oh, yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so I apologize. Um, I, I should have. No, that's all right. Yeah. It's, I, I'm copy. with you. I'm with you. Like, um, whatever. Yeah, it's coming out. when it's these <laughs> online games. They, they change so much that yeah. it's very hard to, to provide an accurate review that has a legacy. Um, I love doing re-reviews personally, but uh, for games like those that, that can change drastically within like two months, it's almost like yeah. a waste of my time, especially with a series I, I don't know shit about and I don't care about. Yeah, and it was also weird. I mean, that like, and a lot of the interviews are talking about how they're much, how much they're focusing on PVE and there being content. Yet the beta of the PVE was literally an hour long, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and it was just very. Anyway. And we jumped to that from Final very Fantasy. Short. Were we done with? Were we done with? Sorry, I, I, I no, I, no, I, dude, it, it was, was it a short story. Yeah, I, I, I did not expect us to to go on about how much we love ESO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> we got we got we got a lot of stories to get through here. So I mean, it, it, it's kind of good funny. that it uh that one wrapped up quick because. Next story is uh, about GTA Online. We talked about PUBG, how much of a success it was, and how it's inevitable that we're going to see some game do it. Some games, we were saying maybe Ubisoft's going to copy it. Someone was going to do it. GTA is the first to do it. They're getting, uh, it's called Smuggler's Run. Uh, Basically the same thing as PUBG. And what do we think? This This is the first of many, folks. Oh, absolutely the first. What is it now? PUBG is the most... Played game, game on Steam yeah. Yeah. ever, yeah. Yeah. ever. That's fucking Wild. insane. It's it's beat everything and Twitch. It's number one now. It beat League of Legends. Oh this no morning. way! That's yeah. massive. So it's the highest, highest, highest everywhere. Like it's legitimately Dude. the highest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Here's the cool thing. It's it's fucking trash. Uh, uh, graphically, <laughs> it's got tons of fucking bugs. 
<laughs> and the fact is, is that uh, humans are so easily, I mean, we're just like, it's fun, which is why that's what I love is fun. Like to me, mm. I can still look at it and go, dude, I'm sorry. This game, it, it, it looks, it controls, its physics are fucked up. But the thing is, is all that matters is a game that's fun that's and fun. and people stick with it. You can stream whatever you want, but after about a week, you'll see streamers come off of that. That usually happens. They'll be yeah. like, yeah, this is great because you're getting 10000 from a company to say so. So once you're done <laughs> sucking the cock, then you end up going away from the game. And so yeah. no one's going away from it because it's fun. And to me, I think this is a celebration finally of of like that that graphics are great and the sound is great and the physics are great and all those things that even I talk about are great, but fun factors, the juice, man. And there's a I mean, lot of people yeah, who are putting at, their at money. At the end of the day, th these are video games and gameplay is it's the most important thing. Like I'd like to ramble on about story and stuff, but Same. these Such are video game. games. Such it's an in the internal title. conflict for me. Cause I'm like, I love a good story, but in, the, in all actual, cause like some games I adore, like uh, zero escape, Danganronpa. These are games mm -hmm. that you have very minimal gameplay. And I love them because of their story. But then, I yeah, I completely agree that you look at PUBG. There's no AAA value here. Like, it, it's just a fun it's game. Awesome. It's, exactly. It's, you know what I think it's... Like, we kind of got away from the whole GTA thing. But I, I think it's partly as well. Maybe people are kind of soured a little bit on AAA games nowadays. Because sure. yeah. a lot of them are cut and paste, very similar. And this was just such a fresh, uh, fresh of breath air. Breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. There you go. Breath of fresh air. There you go. Like uh, Can't speak. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's it just came out of nowhere. It's offering something a little bit different, and now the triple A's are catching on. But mm -hmm. you know what's going to happen? It's going to be uh, saturated in about a year. Everyone's going to be doing it. Yeah. But the original will never be beaten. That's the key. You know, if GTA can do what they want, it's going to please GTA. GTA. GTA can do what they want. GTA fans will will be pleased and will be happy. But mm -hmm. PUBG fans are going to stay PUBG fans. Absolutely. No one's I will like, say I this. anyone's moving. Um, I will say this. I've now seen like four or five articles just this week about how their community has soured on the game horrendously. And I don't know enough. So somebody in the comments PUBG. who maybe follows this. Yeah. There's been some changes wow. with a ton of different things. Loot crates. All this kind of stuff. That oh, um, I, I saw a very big. I, it might have been Kutaku. I can't remember who it was. But one of the bigger companies was like did a, you know, a thing saying... You know, the, the player base is quickly turning incredibly caustic towards the game, which to me, um, does that indicate that, you know, is that the difference between maybe a game that does really well that isn't AAA, where maybe they have mistakes are easier to make because maybe they don't have the money to, you know, to watch all these different things. AAA, of course, fuck up all the time anyway, but yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see if they if if that really is true or not. But I was I, I, I did. I, I think this was Monday. I, I did see whoops. I did see a good number of articles about this and um, about people being really unhappy. Also, the banning of that one guy we know about, where they banned the one dude for stream sniping. Um, I think that sometimes gamers like to just play their game. And I think whenever a company starts to inject their bullshit into something, that's what causes people to get really irate really quick. And I hope they don't. I hope they step back and go, you know, we don't, we don't want to interrupt your fun. Uh, yeah. Too many rules. Once when something grows yeah. big, you know what I mean. People start putting rules in it because they're nervous. I'm a mm -hmm. little. I, I wouldn't want that. I mean, doesn't PUBG have like a a 
skirt or something that's worth three hundred dollars or something stupid. It does. I saw it, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that works. I mean, and <laughs> I think what the PUBG creators were saying that that money is going to help them fund being like sure. PUBG being as an esport or something like that, which I don't know whether it's true or not, but. You got people that don't give a crap about whether it's an esport. They just want to play the game and have fun. Mm-hmm. And if those changes are affecting their enjoyment of the game, that gets affected, and then their esport has no hope. Yeah. I mean, look, look at Over. I mean, Overwatch, in, in, an example in that regard, is a really popular game, but the esports having troubles. It's having problems. Oh, is it? Even though it's a popular game. Really? Yeah. I, I, I actually didn't know that. I mean, they it, drastically changed so much shit in Overwatch. Like, I was actually stunned. They changed Roadhog. He can move and heal now. Oh, Roadhog is... Valkyrie, is, fucking fuck. Mercy. Yeah. Holy shit. And when she's juiced up Ayana, I'm like, that's not even fair. Oh, yeah. She, she kicks ass. Oh, wow. But, so, like, the, the problem with Overwatch... I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched an Overwatch esports game, but it's so hard to keep a track of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the enemies aren't even, like, colored properly, so you don't know which teams are which. It's, like, it's so much easier to watch Counter-Strike. But, and yeah, that's my that, belief, is that a PUBG-style game, the reason why a lot of people gravitate towards them is because you can... I felt this with Overwatch when I reviewed it, and I discussed it in the video, that it was neutered a bit of its atmosphere because it was so polished. And I've yeah. always believed that, that sometimes the rough edges are what make you really sort of love something. State of Decay runs like shit, still one of my favorite games, right? Bethesda. So yeah. to, to me, PUBG, yeah, PUBG's fucked. I mean, shit, like, you'll see a video and you'll be all, the world's falling apart. Like, nothing is running technically really correctly in this game world, but it doesn't matter. And I hope that the developers don't say, let's fucking fix every single thing, because sometimes that craziness is is the great Hold on, I, I gotta say this now, because I, it's it's relevant. Wouldn't the same thing apply to Skyrim and Fallout games? Yeah, but Skyrim and Fallout games, especially when we look at them, those games have a systemic problem since day one every single time. Poor story, poor combat. So there's a little bit of a difference with a game just I'm talking about like the clipping and the NPCs going crazy and like the funny glitches here and there where enemies get shot up into the air and stuff like that. That's why people like it, I assume. Some people do. My first videos were goofy videos of dragons flying backwards. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it when that patch came and it was an official fucking patch yeah. and those dragons started flying backwards. It was the yeah. best day of my life. I remember just being like, this is delicious. What the fuck's happening? But there so, are fun glitches. And then there are glitches. I remember in Fallout 4 where, where I couldn't bring out my gun. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah, see, I like never that. had those horrible ones. Like there, there were funny ones that happened to me today. <clears throat> I was recording some gameplay and I hit some a dude with game? my, with my uh, uh, Fallout 4. Sorry. I hit okay. some dude with my security baton, and when I hit him, he just like had the most dramatic like like that, and just went flying back. And <laughs> yeah, I gave him like I a Goku it. punch in the chest, and he just fucking crashed through twenty rocks. Awesome. It was so funny. <laughs> They're great. Those are the best ragdoll physics fuck ups are some of the yeah. best things ever. So I agree. But yeah, so well, congratulations think... to them is all I'm yeah, saying. I was gonna That's say, awesome. you guys think. Uh... Any other games? Well, not do you think, obviously, they're going to. What other games would you imagine are going to get this PUBG-style game mode? on Ubisoft. Isn't, yes. that their real, isn't that their real popular game that's selling stupidly well every week? What? I can't remember. Again? Ghost Recon by Ubisoft? Let me see. You mean that we think would equal or be as big as PUBG? No, that, that, that what's going to do something similar to PUBG in the, the oh, game format. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I would assume Siege won't because Siege's entire base is around the technicalities of mm-hmm. specific things. Um, but I certainly think any open players. Yeah, Siege's anything. I mean, Agents of Mayhem say, hey, here's our first PvP version of Agents of Mayhem. We're adding a, a thing where your your city is slowly cut down block by block. 
Um, hmm. Those kind of games, I could certainly see it being done. I don't necessarily see it being done with some, with with everything, but hmm. yeah, it's going to be added in every. We know that it's going to be in fucking every game, man. I Go, mean, Ghost Recon like, Wildlands is the game, by the way. That's what I was. Thinking. Oh yes, that could. Okay, I'm sorry, not Siege. Yeah, I agree. That could. Yes, I would. I could see that happening. Like that game's selling, so it's in the top charts every single week on NPD. It's wow. insane. Blantlands? A bland well, like, no, absolutely. That's impossible. I'm not lying. In, in Australia, <laughs> it's it's top ten selling every single week. How in the fuck? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> I don't know what it is in the US, but Who that game is selling, selling it too? stupidly well. No, it's it's like a GTA. It's like oh, look. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> here it is. yeah. I mean, who the fuck? That game. <laughs> that game it's is- like saying, you know. Who the hell is buying this game? Like, surely everyone owns Minecraft by now. But it's still <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 17 versions and shit. Yeah. I, I'm blown away. I was not aware. Um, I, I haven't heard a single person that I know of or YouTuber who is even played it in the last two months. Yeah, so it's insane. So who they're selling to. <laughs> they're buying their own games and just recycling them. <laughs> it would just be the greatest like, guys, thing ever. Guys, we're important. Just buy our stock. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, next topic is about Vermintide Two. We have a uh, announcement of Vermintide Two, and the official full reveal is coming in October. So we just know it's coming right now. Right. When do you think this game's launching? Uh, I, I, I'm having Victor. He's a Fat Shark developer. He's coming on next week for a podcast cool. with some other developers. So I'll ask. I would assume next year in in October. Okay. Something like that. Um, they seemed pretty excited about it. All I know is, I know a lot of people had problems with Vermintide, but I fucking adore it as a, hey, let's all jump in and just play a random game together. Agreed. So. Agreed. I enjoy that game a lot. Left 4 Dead yeah. is gone, and, and Vermintide was the closest thing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that I'm, so much. I'm so, and I'm, I'm happy for them. They, it sold way better than I thought it was going to, and I'm assuming they yeah, did. 1.5 million. Yeah, and they told me in my interview with them um, that they knew prior to launch that it was doing really well, pre-sales-wise. But they, yeah. they said it took about a month later before they were like, oh, wow, this is sort of become something we, we weren't expecting. Which is good for a small company because mm-hmm. they did Escape from Dead Island. Which, if everybody wants to know, one of the shittiest games ever made. Yeah. I reviewed that and then had them on. It was awesome. And and we're friends. And like mm-hmm. out, of, we're out, of, out of YouTube. And I was like... Hey guys, sorry about my review. And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Um, you don't know." I want to look at it <laughs> and call me Crystal like, friends before we talk. <laughs> this big interview, no, like it was. I was actually nervous about it. And then they they emailed and they're like, "No, it's it's that game was shit." <laughs> and they, they, they were awesome. So yeah, I'm stoked, man. God, I can't so, wait. Yeah, that, do, that's... do you play it though, at all? Not me. Uh, nah. It's a it, it's a type of game. I'll never forget it. Uh, I think Noah sent me a, a video from Rooster Teeth or something like that. And I clicked on it and they had Verbentine running in the background. And I was like, this game is very curious looking. It, it's it's catching my attention and I want to play it. And I think it had that effect on a lot more gamers. Because you looked at it and it was familiar because you see, you know, the Left 4 Dead style gameplay of hordes running in and you're just killing them all with friends. But then there's that... Um, you know, melee combat, it's this different environment, this different world, why is why are there rats? And, and it, it just makes people curious, I think, so 
I, like I said, I think that had a bigger effect on people than they might have imagined. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it because I had some questions about, like, their engine, for example, because Skaven, which are super popular. I mean, like, TB and I were talking on his podcast. Like, that's his favorite race. It's my favorite race. Like, a lot of people, Skaven's one of their favorite races. And it fits perfectly for that game style because Skaven actually are known to, like, crawl under, you know, like, uh, under wharfs and stuff to get to the good guys. And so you see that in the game. And that happens a lot of times in games where you see the monster closet where somebody just appears a bad guy just shows up and they were able to hide that with like actual things that fit the fiction. And I, I think that they, they nailed it. You know, there's few games that just sort of nail the fiction where the gameplay and form and function all sort of match up. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, this makes sense in the, in what I read as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I don't know. I, I don't know how well it ran on consoles though. I played it um, on PS4 as well. <clears throat> it was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Right? Fine. Yeah, relatively bug-free, fun game. Do you, what what well, changes do you think they're going to make? Collab, collab mode, dude. Honestly? Yeah. Vermintide collab mode would be fucking hilarious. How especially with the ragdoll. Oh, oh, about God, like yeah. eight bucks or something, I would assume. it's it's. But the ragdoll and the crazy shit that happens, yeah. you might want to check it out. Mm. Do, do you know what we're, like, we're probably going to be doing? Because you know, there's like ten people, and every time we want to play a game, oh, I don't have that, I don't have money to, to download yeah. it. Let's just yeah. play free free games. We can find some fun free games. Dirty Bomb, baby. D D DCU. Dirty, that's a great, yeah. Dirty Bomb is so much fun. Make a list of that, yeah. Secret World, DCU, Neverwinter. People are going to hate me for that because it's it's not the greatest <laughs> game in the world, but I have like a thousand hours. Lord in of the Rings Online. <clears throat> okay, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just know that's in there somewhere. <laughs> I never even looked at it. Is it bad? Um, no idea. It, it's not, no. It, it, it's just not good. It's it's mediocre. It doesn't do very. It doesn't do a lot with its um, source material. Okay. Yeah. Sounds, sounds Imagine saying right. that to a small child. You're not bad, but you're just not good. Yeah, exactly. I, it's not. You I don't hate you, but I also don't suck. love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad said to me all the time. Yeah, I don't really hate you, but I don't love you either. I just hit you because you're there. <laughs> just joking. Just joking. My dad didn't hit me. He was awesome. Uh, next piece of news is about Chris Avalone and Ken Levine. So, the Twitter that set, yeah, you know, everything. We just on we just have to speculate. We just have to speculate. Let me let me go ahead and uh, I should have had this on tab already, but uh, there was a peculiar tweet that came from Ken Levine that has people really stern about the idea of these two geniuses working together. And that tweet is. Imagine. Let me let me. There are there are Monday nights, and then there are Monday nights yeah. where you are. Some nights something. are you Some know night. nights, and other nights you get to, and other nights you get schooled by Chris Avalone and what it takes to write big RPGs. Hashtag game dev. Isn't that me, crazy? I, yeah, to me that sounds like they're they're working on something. No, I I, I don't think that it's what it is. I mean. Um, uh, what Ken's doing, he's not doing a big RPG. He's doing something small, narrative puzzle. Narrative, he said. Yeah, wh whatever he said. Um, but if they would, if they were together on something, I mean, Chris Avalone's, you know, freelancing. He can do whatever he wants. Like, mm. and and Chris Avalone said to me when I interviewed him, he's got like five stuff working on in the background that he really wish he could talk about, but he can't. Yeah, it would be one of those things. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, the, the idea of the guy who provides mind blows and the other guy who provides mind blows 
working together, I, I think every gamer's brain would just be splattered across the fucking screen and at the at yeah. the start menu. That just Let happened. Me Let me be the voice of negativity. Ooh. <laughs> um, Ooh. So here's why, and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I think Chris is amazing in his sphere, and I think Ken is amazing in his, but I don't see a lot of overlap in how they work or what they present. Um, I see that Chris, this is my personal belief, is that Chris is much better at large numbers of NPCs and people interacting in a world base, where Ken is far better at presenting a, 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 almost an inclusive worldview from a particular character. Now, mm -hmm. if you say, okay, then Ken's going to write the, the worldview and Chris is going to flesh it out, maybe, but also Ken's work style and Chris's are... If you, uh, are they going to clash creatively? Oh my God! If you want to talk about two people mm -hmm. who work completely differently, yeah. um, I would love it though, but I, I get, like, it's hard for me to... It, it, would be, it would depend on what type of game. Like, do you have a Bioshock Infinite where... You just have more interesting NPCs, but then at some point you lose sight of the insular focus that the, the story mm. is about anyway. So I would love to see it, though. I mean, I'm this just, is, I'm just this saying this thing. I mean, I'd like to see like this be a game that Ken Levine is working on because Chris Avalon, usually right. what he does, it's what he did with Prey. He'll come into a project and up. they're like, write about this character. You do this character or okay. this quest or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So Ken's like. I have five really important characters that are, you know, sure. crucial to the story. You're going to be the one, you know, directing them and, and writing their backstory and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm fucking cool with that because characters make up a story, mm -hmm. you know. I, and and I don't it. know how much experience uh, Chris Avalon has in, you know, him making a game, him being the front runner as opposed to Ken being the front runner. Because as far as I remember, area. Chris Avalon has been a a cog in the wheel, for like an important cog in the wheel. But I don't know when he's ever actually led a game like Ken has. Yeah, I, Chris has never led a game. No. Wasn't he? Or am I, I'm thinking of uh, the other one at Obsidian now. Never mind. I, thought, yeah. I, thought I don't even mean... know if Chris has had an executive producer um, role. I would have to look. But he's. I, I would agree. He's, he's the guy who sort of makes everything fleshed out and work together. But I don't necessarily think, have we seen a game of Ken's where we felt like that wasn't a pro or that was a problem? I guess. No. Does that make no. sense? I yeah, and I'm not a huge BioShock fan like you guys are, but I don't necessarily see that being a problem. Which what does that mean? It could be the best game ever, too. It could yeah, be like yeah. when you make better better. <laughs> what do you what do you come out with? So, yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Chris is such a they're both so different. Like it would be awesome to see how they would come together to even do it. Mm. He was the, the, project director and lead creative designer on Dead Muddy, Old World Blues, and Lonesome Road in New Vegas. But that's a, that's that's DLC, right? I mean, that's, DLC, that's yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So this is what I mean. Like, like so designer you, you've got on, that uh, Project Eternity, which released as Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Hmm. So you got Pillars. You got him on Kingmaker. Oh you you had God. him come He's in. He's gonna pray. be in fucking Divinity Original Sin two as well. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh but my he, God. he's he does a lot of stuff. And it's because he does like I'm not saying it's small stuff, but he's never. I don't think he's ever involved in the big picture thing. Like he writes a character, a quest, uh, DLC content, stuff like that. But do, like he, I don't think he's ever done. You know the the project. He's never been the project lead for a game. I don't think mm -hmm. like Ken has. So it, that's what I'd like to see. 
I think it, I think part of it's because you know, I, he, like you said, he doesn't play a small role, but I think he's ex- accepting of his role. I think he comes in and no, he does like, it well. Do this, okay? I'll do that, and he does it well. And and they're like, all right, cool. So that's why. And I then his influence possible. affects other areas of the game. Everyone exactly. wants to write a better story because Chris is there. Yeah. And imagine that. Imagine being like that. You're that good. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck. So let's and, hope that's that, true, man. That easy to get along with. Yes. Uh, you, uh, people don't realize that a team matters, man. You see, like, John Carmack up there, but there's a bunch of people behind him. And and we saw the reverse of that with John Romero trying to get Daikatana made, where, you know, it, it, you are there, you're the face, but behind it, Pete Hines even said, you're like, eh, sometimes he's got to just say bad news. Um, uh, you know, groups matter, how you get along, and um, Chris is... Such a chill guy, such a, and and just insanely good at dissecting what someone needs for for their so, game. So, uh, Prey, story, I can't wait, wait to see Prey. Uh, when, when I did the interview with, with Chris, what happened? We got t- no thirty minutes into it, and the, my OBS software crashed. And I'm like, oh no! And then Chris is like, no, that's cool, man. We'll, we'll start again. That's all right. Whenever you're ready. I'm like, you're a fucking legend. Well, yeah, He's just yeah. And, you know that chill guy. Let's just highlight. Um, at least uh, for Lone and I, that's pretty uncommon. Most voice actors and anyone in the industry have gone on here is like, I'm available from this time to this time. And I, and I can't day. go longer. Yeah, no longer. That's it. And I'm like, fuck, all right, no problem. Like, we'll accommodate. That's what our podcast does. And, and, you know, and to have someone come on like a, a Brian Delaney or a Chris Avalone who was just like, yeah, let's, let's fucking chat. And that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, it, if it messes up, he's like, whatever. I cleared out my evening. Not a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. So, yeah, easy to work with is important. Very, very important. All right. Well, dream games aside, let's talk a little bit about Fallout 4 on the Nintendo Switch. It leaked on a Spanish retailer website, and now uh, we might be able to play it on the go. And this is the Game of the Year edition, mind you. And what happened with this listing is that... um, they adjusted it. They removed the release date, which was originally the same day as the Game of the Year edition. And now there's no release date, but the listing's still there. So they are well aware <laughs> it's still there. There's just no release date. Does that add to the validity of it? Fuck, I cannot speak today. I think it does, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think Go it's going to happen. I, I absolutely think it's going to happen. you got Skyrim coming to the Switch. The Switch is doing well. Bethesda is is seemingly forming a really good relationship with Nintendo. I mean, aside from Bethesda, which was the other big third-party publisher that had launched, like, that was part of Nintendo Switch initial big marketing campaign. I remember you had uh, all Nintendo people, and then this one scene where Todd Howard was like, and Skyrim's coming to the Switch. (laughs) I think he was the only third-party publisher that was there. So it just does not surprise me. I think it's great. Am I going to play? I, I'm going to play Skyrim first on the Switch. I'm really looking forward to that. But more games for the Switch, man. More the merrier. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. What about you, Carrick? Big Switch fan over there. Um, <laughs> well, after Rabbids, right? Yeah. Um, oh, it's uh, fucking, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh. I'm emailing or I'm messaging um, Lone a question. So when it comes to Switch and and uh, my desire to see Skyrim on it, I you're going to see my pants, by the way. Uh, oh, so uh, you need to show us every piece of pajama oh, pants you have. I just fucking kicked my desktop trying to lift my leg. Dude, look, look I just that's, that's don't super know what's boy, happening like... right now. This is the creepiest <laughs> that, thing ever. Flash? It's like, oh. this is what it's like going insane. What is yeah. he fucking wearing? Is that the Flash or yeah, is that like Superman? 
Yeah, they're pop figures. Oh, uh, they're pop ah, figures. Justice Jesus League, Christ. baby. Batman. And, um, Justice yeah, I, I was going to wear normal pants today, but then I, I literally yeah. thought of Carrick, and I was just like, I got to put on my fucking pajamas. Um, but, uh, I would love to see, I would love to see Skyrim on the switch because, um, I, it is getting some more use from me with rabbits, which is, you know, it's just such a good game. I'd like to see it, but I, I just, it depends on what it looks like guys. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'll really jump on it if it's low settings. Yeah. I mean, I know graphics aren't supposed to matter, but that game has a wonderment to it where the graphics sort of do matter to me. A little bit. If, if and that this is the problem. I mean, uh, you you talked about this in a video the other day, Maddie, and, and and I did it in a video too. It was Digital Foundry tested out Skyrim on the Switch, yes. and it's never it's never a good test just to look at the you know the the Switch tablet itself because it's so small, right? Mm-hmm. It, the the true test is getting it up on the big screen, like Breath of the Wild, where when you get to Kakiri Forest, it drops to fifteen frames frames per second on the TV. And that's what I'm worried about is with, you know, if Fallout 4 was coming to the Switch, how well is that going to run on the TV? Because that's the better way to play Fallout. You know, like, you can play it on the go, that's fine. And there are games that work better on the go. I think, like, Rabbids is one of those games that really works well on the go. But when you're talking about big open-world RPGs, you can play it on the go, but playing on the TV is crucial. Mm -hmm. And, And after all, Switch is a home console first. That's what Nintendo tells us. So I this would game much needs rather to have well. Fallout, wouldn't you? Run, because because Fallout has the VATS, which works better on a handheld. Like the idea of Skyrim, there's no pause. You're just, oh, and you can like you can like touch which body part you want to hit and stuff. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh, That's dude. Yeah. Point. So I, I I do I like the idea. It's funny because I didn't know anything about Fallout possibly yeah. coming to Switch. But if that if that happened, fuck, I would actually be much more interested in that than Skyrim because yeah, the I like what you just said. I would probably play it for a little bit handheld and then would would switch over yeah, to the yeah. to plugging it in and, and then you have those issues. Yeah, I, I sit on the fence of the optimization aspect. Fallout 4 is not that well optimized, um, oh. especially with all its DLC and all the content in it. Um, I, I think Skyrim's a bigger game quest-wise, but I know Fallout 4 has a lot more moving parts. And so I, I wonder how, many, yeah, how much sacrifice comes with it being put on the Switch. Um, it's excellent, though. If it is coming, and if it is like what we're hearing about Skyrim, which is a solid port, awesome. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I actually, I'll admit, when I first saw the news, I got, like, pretty excited. I was like, oh, shit, like, yo, I, I'd love to get back into Fallout 4 through the Switch, you know, just, you know, kind of keep a, a gradual playthrough going when I'm just chilling in my house, you know, playing yeah, on the big screen yes. on the go, take my playthrough with me. That's the beauty of the Switch, man, because I'm on the go a lot. Lone, I know you're on the go a lot. Carrick, I know you are too. Like, I love to just take my Switch with me and, and keep that playthrough going. You get through games so much quicker too because you have oh, it with I, I you play all, it every the time, day. all the yeah. time. On, so, on the train, every day I'm playing the Switch, and yeah. I, I've been in a bunch of games that I never would have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, it's, Switch it's again. the key. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Oh, he fucking keeps playing that damn Switch. What is that contraption? <laughs> but it needs to... Like, Fallout is one of those games that I'd prefer to play on the TV. Mm. And oh. it needs to run well. Yeah, see, for me, it's like the, the cool technical aspect of, like, playing it on the go. You'd never imagine it. I mean, they had remote play on the Vita. So, I guess but they like kind of nothing had something like this, yeah. Yeah, so like, I guess they kind of have the NVIDIA Shield. Uh... Ugh, no. Yeah, Fallout 4 on the, on the Switch would be really cool. I'd like to see if they could actually get that done. 
Um, yeah. that, would, that would certainly be something that gets me into it. Also, I, I mean, I got to say, one of the coolest surprises is when they were showing uh, Skyrim and, and then they used the Zelda uh, or the Link Amiibo. I thought that was a really cool surprise. So I'd love to see what crazy shit they put in the Fallout 4 with that. That, that would be awesome. I, I, I got to say, um, there's one thing that I, I really think Bethesda, I know it's really, it's going to be really hard if not impossible, but there needs to be a way to transfer your save files to other consoles. I oh, mean, yeah. fuck. They, I've got they, a different yeah. game on Xbox, different on PC. Now it's going to be different on, mm-hmm. on Switch. I just want the one fucking character yeah. and play it on everything. But obviously it's not going to work that way because if Scott, if Fallout falls on, on Switch, it's going to have different BSMs or whatever the files are called because it's different. Like yeah, It's just going to be gonna it, it's it's a, impossible. It's a file format thing. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed that they actually do that. That would be really helpful. <laughs> I'd just be able to carry my PC guy everywhere. Anyway... <laughs> Fallout 4 on the Switch wrapped up and moving on to what is our final, one of our final topics. Um, actually, before we get into that, do you want to do uh, our review thing? You know, uh, the, this Very weekend nice. reviews? Yeah, for sure. Carrick, what have you been reviewing, brother? Uh, I just got done with Battlestar uh, Deadlock this morning. Battlestar How is Galactica. that? Australian made game. Dude. Dude. Like, Man, was I surprised at that game. It was, I, I turned it on and then all night went by and I had not turned it off. And this morning I was like, I'm just going to do my review right now instead of going to sleep. It really, really, really well done game. I'll, um, and, I'll tweet you the Twitter, Twitter account for the developer. Maybe get him on your channel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they legitimately, um, there's some issues like uh, voice is, is certainly what I would, con- what I would consider dodgy at <laughs> best. Um, but when you come in and they got that pimp slashing, uh, slapping the bleachers kind of, of music where it's like, you know, the the tribal beat that they did in the in the TV shows. And it's all perfectly you know represented there, even though it's a different it's a different musician. And um, they have these they have the ability to watch your battle both as you're taking the turns, but also at the end, like war footage and whoever fucking did this has been watching every episode of Battlestar because the zoom ins. Or it's like being there in a, cool. in your own back. Oh my god! And I was just like rewatching the same one over time. Just like this is the fucking coolest um, movement. Total Biscuit was talking about it on his channel. He's like the movement works and it does. Like it's just you click for where you want the battle star your, your yeah. ship to go, and then the next click is how high or low it goes because verticality matters. And then the next is your your twist, and then you're done. And it just, everything you do has instant feedback. So if you, like, say, I want to go all defensive, you can actually see your movement counter go farther and wider as you're sliding. Like, everything feeds back in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, fantastic game. Such a blast. And then um, I reviewed Life. Life is strange. <laughs> the, the change of personality. He's just, I, and I, I reviewed life. life is strange. Like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, let me yeah. hear about that. I'm curious because, uh, you know, get this. My friend texted me. He, he's big on Life is Strange. He's like, yo, check out this review. It was your review, Carrick. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, I have <laughs> yeah. a podcast with him, by the way. He's like, what? No fucking way. Um, so, no way, so here's, man. Here's the thing. I, I, it, it's got really good reviews. And all I can say is the people I was with, like, we can, we cannot figure out where the reviews are coming from. Like, if, the, if I ever felt, and I don't believe this, if I ever felt that there were fully paid for reviews, I would think it was these. Because... It looks worse. It performs worse. Really? It, the voice acting is worse because it's not the same people for a couple of the characters. Um, the interaction is actually less than... The, I mean, there is 
it's it could have been so great because you guys know it was my game of the year one of my game of the year contenders when it came out um i love i really love the idea but basically what happened was you had this nostalgia based game and a main character that was nostalgia based now she's bitch based and so literally her skill so the original game your skill was the ability to move back and forth in time mm -hmm. this game your ability is to basically bitch tongue somebody it's just <laughs> they say like you want to mess with me and no lie your comeback is no because you are a mess and you're just like who fucking wrote this i mean <laughs> it, it's fan fiction or worse level there's this one part where they play D D at school and it's perfect oh, and i was like, like cool oh idea. shit they they nailed <sighs> they nailed it and then it falls apart everybody else liked it so uh, there's a couple there's like three or four reviewers that didn't like i think dual shock a couple others were like no and then but many people are saying they liked it as much as the original i didn't i was i was so disappointed it was that moment when you get done playing that sequel or that game you've been hoping for and you're like what what yeah. what happened um yeah. does, does your then, video have a lot of dislikes carrie because of that uh a hundred which is pretty oh, i guess that's, that's a little higher for me, because usually I'm at I'm at like two percent or zero point zero two percent, so I, I think that's like one percent, which would be considered a jump. Yeah. Um. But I have a lot of astroturfers. Holy shit! I found a thread where they were like, "Hey, let's let's downvote every bad review for this," and <laughs> they all showed up with their it's fucking same usernames that, from the exactly. thread. Fucking hell! Yeah. They're like, "You should buy it anyway," and you know that kind of thing. But um, what else did I review? Uh, that's Rabbids. it right now. Uh, yeah, Rabbids, yeah. I mean, but that was that was a while ago, and and that game was fantastic too. So that's pretty much it for me. I'm doing some games, but they're unfortunately all uh, NDA. Yep. Yeah, for me, um, on the platter for the future, I'm. What the fuck's my list? Um, <laughs> yeah, that makes there's so many. You got to keep a list. Um, Mario and Rabbids is the one I reviewed this week. I loved that game. It's actually really interesting because I wonder if Imagine Super Mario Odyssey sucks. And and you no way. I'm just no saying. Way. Just imagine it's it's not that good, or it's like okay. Um, yeah. And and Ubisoft is the one to make the best Mario game this year. Like part of me kind of <laughs> wants that to happen. That would be so fucking weird. But I love XCOM gameplay. It's one of those things that while you're playing it, you're like, why don't more games mimic this and try to evolve on it? Because yeah. Mario and Rabbit shows what happens when you evolve with that mechanic. It's a fantastic game on a strategy level. Um, I actually watched a guy at GameStop completely. Like, he was looking for a game for his son. He's like, what about Mario Rabbids? He's like, nope. He's like, that's, like, really strategic. I was like, you know what? He's, I would have done the same thing. I would have done yeah. the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but they have an easy mode. So, you know. It doesn't, the easy little... mode doesn't change the strategy. No, but it, it gives you all your health back. Your health so, back when, yeah. so when you get back, when you get to the, the harder bosses or, like, deep into one level, that helps. Yeah, but like, that easy mode sometimes I thought was normal mode. I'm gonna be honest. Like there were there was a couple really? of battles. There were a couple of strings of battles on the on the fourth world where I was like, oh shit, I have ten health on mm. all of my characters. I I gotta use easy mode and fill up. You know, I mean, especially the smashers who come in with the big bricks and fucking hit you for like, dude, <laughs> holy God. shit! I'm like, and every time you shoot them, they come at you. It's like just die already. Mm. But um. There's that. Uh, on the platter for the future, I'm really excited now for Danganronpa V3. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot. They released a demo 
a game company did a really good demo. They because this is one of those games I talked about that's very plot centric. It's a lot about its characters, and basically every chapter a bunch of people fucking die. And they didn't want to spoil that, so they made a whole separate secret chapter that's not canon to the game to introduce all the mechanics, to introduce like all the characters. And they wow. kind of and what's interesting now is because first impressions in that game are so important. You kind of have a taste of what those characters are. But you now you like you'll have some kid who I met who's like saying like I lie a lot, you know, and, and that's really dangerous because in the class trials, if someone lies and tricks everyone, then the whole class dies and the murderer gets away. So you it, like you're instantly going to go into the game having this guy pegged as like he's probably going to try to kill someone at some point in time right. or screw with a murder or something along those lines. So it's really interesting for a game to offer that type of perspective and also in a demo that was about like two two-ish hours long. That's pretty long. That's a good, healthy taste for a game. And it was more so a, a treatment for fans. So that's another game on my list. Uh, Dishon- Fuck the English language today. Dishonored Death of the Outsiders, another on my list. Uh, Destiny 2, skip. Uh, Life is Strange, I have a review code for. I might get around to it. Um, been busy lately, so... Yeah, but, uh, I mean, September's an interesting month. Uh, a lot of different games between... Life is Strange, uh, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, Pokemon Tournaments, and Danganronpa. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun month. It's gonna be a fun month. Yeah, but for sure. For me, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna be reviewing a ton in the month of September. October, I'm gonna turn it up. It's really October. Ten. Yeah, October. Hey, Carrick, I feel sorry for you, man. <laughs> I feel so, so sorry uh, for you. I'm gonna pray for you every night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna try Dude, man. Everything. It, 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 you know what? If I die while playing a game, there's far worse ways to go. Yeah. So. It'll be That's it'll true. be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be on live stream though, where I'll be like, so anyway, get! <laughs> let's hope because that would be awesome. Um, wh- what about you, Lone? What have you been doing? Uh, what have I been doing? I've been replaying Assassin's Creed Two because I want to mm. replay the Ezio trilogy before Origins. That's my goal. Mm. And I've been I just finished Cave Story on the Nintendo Switch. Really cool game. I don't know if, if what kind you guys of game have played is that? it because I saw it when I was at GameStop. It's, it's a pretty much like a platformer. It's kind of like a Shovel Knight, kind of. Okay. Um, and you have different weapons that Shovel you can cycle Knight, through. Expansion. Oh, no, I need to. I, I, but I needed a break from Shovel Knight. I put 20 hours into it, and it's oh. like, all right, I'm done now. Yeah. I'm moving on. So I moved on to Cave Story. It's about six hours long. It has a bit of a story. It's, it's, it's a pretty fun game. The, the ending boss sequence, like there's at the end, there's four bosses, pretty much, four boss fights that you have, and you never get any health upgrades. So it's one of those things where... You have to keep restarting and make sure every like the initial boss fights that you have, you don't lose much health because when you get to the last one, you're going to be screwed if you don't have much health. Uh-huh. Um, so it was really it was really fun in the end. But now I'm playing rabbits and surprisingly, like first couple of uh, intro areas you went through, you're like, oh, this is a fun game. But then you realize how strategic it is. Like yeah. when you get to the first mini boss, you're like, all right, I've died twice now. What am I doing wrong? Like, what's my best strategy here? Oh, I've got to actually get out to higher ground. I get more damage done that way. It's harder for the enemies to shoot me when I'm behind a bigger block. Because even though when you're behind a half block, that's 50% you mm-hmm. know, chance that they hit you. They always fucking hit you anyways. So it's, it's really strategic. And it's one of those games where I can listen to a podcast and play. And yeah. because of that, it's one of those games where I could sit down on a train and just play really easily. It's kind of like Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying that. And then next on the PC, I think I'm going to be playing What Remains of Edith Finch this weekend, which is only a couple mm-hmm. of hours. I'm really looking forward to that. Apparently it's I've really good. good things, yeah. Yeah, so I'll let you know how it is. I'm the only guy who didn't like 
I, I don't know yet. I, I'm going to see if I like it. I, I have I a feeling it's, it. just... it's going to be like Soma for you and I, Carrick. Like, I like Soma, you didn't. So oh, it's okay. probably going to be the same. <laughs> Soma. What a great game. <laughs> what a... You see, Carrick's like, what a <laughs> shit show. What a no, I, crap, the, yeah. I can't say it's shit because there was a lot of great stuff in it. But you know how it is. It's like sometimes that game... Some people love Tomb Raider. Others like Uncharted. But many times you won't hear them like both, that kind of thing. It's just, for Maybe. some reason, it just... Yeah, exactly, actually. Now that I think about it, it might have been you who's making me think of this. Yeah. So it, 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 I'm glad somebody likes it or, or, or it's, it's interesting. Um, in going to play it. We, we were talking about just, like, people having different preferences with games, but usually everyone kind of agrees on the same thing. I was reading an Edge magazine top 100 games of all time list. One, it didn't have any Fallout games on there. Bioshock was at 80 behind Titanfall 2 and Destiny 1. Like just some weird yeah, choices. That's a really biased list. <laughs> that and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, okay, I, I really like Titanfall two, but was it like greatest game of all time? Oh no, no. I don't, don't think so. And certainly not Destiny one. And like, there were some typical choices on there, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that is amazing. weird. Uh, was, when it, it was... comes to rabbits, did you guys? Did you get? I don't know if anybody did this. I'm not going to ruin a, a spoiler if anybody wonders, but. I started to get a different strategy in that game that I've never had in any game prior. Once you, when you hit a block, money comes out sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So do you know what I would do? I would kite one of the enemies and run around the game world destroying every block to gather the cash. Does anybody else do that? No. Am I the only one who is apparently, uh, you know, in some way ADD? Okay. No, honestly, I I just go back and do the challenges and I'd get the money that way. Yeah, I would just blow, because the blocks give you little coins, and mm-hmm. I turned up Mario's ability. So when he blew up a block, or Mario or Luigi, when they blew up a block, they got a, a good number of coins. And I would get one really weak character and just run around and and kite that one really weak character, not mm-hmm. attack him, and then use the other characters to just shoot all the rocks. Yeah, some, <laughs> some uh, characters have really, I won't spoil it for loan or anyone else who wants to play but some characters have very explosive weaponry so by the That's end of the nice. game you're just fucking detonating oh, the battlefield right right and so yeah, i'm just I did, like i did not use that character boom. very much right yeah i love it you know so that was the other thing is i found that they they made good use of since your party kind of progresses at the same level the whole way through that uh for certain battles it was smart to cycle out different characters because you might need to mm-hmm. heal a little yeah. bit more you might need a, a more up close approach with someone with a, a boom shot so really there was like a really that. cool moment when I was playing. It was, I guess, one of the mini bosses. It was the fire flower, fire flower mini boss where they oh, would God, chuck yeah. fire and it, and it could damage two people at once. Mm-hmm. And I had Peach, which was at like ten health. So I'm like, you know what? I want to sacrifice Peach here. I moved her to other enemies, other rabbits, and the fire flower attacked Peach and it killed both of the other enemies at the That's same time. Awesome. It was the, it was so much fun. I was like, yes, yeah. it worked. And then I ended up killing the mini boss. It was That's fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, chain reactions there, and uh, you know the worst is like when you you have like a, a partner with a boom shot, and you're about to line up this sick kill, and it's yeah. got like this widespread effect, but like you're gonna hit one of your teammates behind cover and just wipe out half his health. It's like, damn it, and you don't know what to do at that point. Hitting people with hammers in that game very satisfying, <laughs> insane. She yeah. flatten them out. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is that game is nothing without the rabbits. I know the Mario characters are a lot of fun, True. but the no, the I think it's everything so with the rabbits. Like they, yeah, they're the too. stars of the show. Yeah, they they're funny, man. I, I was impressed. They, I, I liked them as a kid, but I didn't really think much of it. 
But like going back to them, I mean, they're the smart pairing. I hope they do like a, another crossover, like Mario cross Mega Man. Oh, mm. oh my goodness, dream come like true. Like the, the rabbits and the little robot, like they make the game. Yeah, Beepo. Like Mario and and Luigi and and Pete, they're just window dressing. Like that. Yeah, they really are. You know? yeah, they're they're just kind of in. It's funny because it's they're in the Mushroom Kingdom, but it's almost like they're visitors to the Rabbids universe. It's really. Yeah. Although, like, the the intro was really, like, we don't have to talk about it, but the intro just was weird to me. Like, yeah, happy, like, this... I was so thrown off. I was, I was like, this so is confused. a cutscene, there's voice acting. Yeah. They're in a really good graphics. Uh, washing machine or something like that. Yeah. Like, what is going well, on That's here? from Rabbids. The, the like... time washing machine is from Rabbids. Ah, yeah. see, that makes yeah. sense. All right. Um, All right. To, to me, what, what caught, I remember laughing, like, a while by myself when it dawned on me that the dudes that smash you with the big pieces that are reactionary, which I have to say one of the best enemies ever made mm-hmm. because usually you don't get that in a game usually it's I take my turn, you take yours yeah. and so when you find out that you shoot them they take a turn before you can do anything, it changes the fucking game well, that, but what that, was yeah, crazy, that, that's like Mario's power, sorry Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's fine, what was crazy to me was they look just like um, I'll stroke him and call him George, Bugs Bunny the Yeti, the <laughs> And they look like a cross. And I don't know if that's on purpose, but I happen, that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. cartoons. And I, I see these big dudes and I'm like, oh, that's creepy. They look they look like a Bugs Bunny, <laughs> like a weird Yeti mixture. And, and their movement style and their way of attacking and the fact that if you are fucking stupid and you hit one of them and you've got a guy beside you, there's a good chance both of you are going to be hit for an insane amount of points. And that first time you realize you can't just tit for tat. You have to like, be really strategic and because there's such a high movement rate for everybody there's not a lot of safe places in rabbits mm-hmm. i noticed that like you almost yeah, all definitely are un- in danger and dude it was just i don't know how to describe it i've never played a game that said movement's going to be your main thing that you care about ever Absolutely. I've, ne- I've never even heard of it and it works man if, if anybody's yeah. thinking this game is like goofy childish you have n- it's it's Skip first, the like, first world. Yeah, yeah. So good. I mean, it, it's even one of those things where, I you could move anywhere on the map and you're still going to get hit. So the yeah. actual aim of the game is, it's killing the smaller enemies first, especially when there's a mini boss. Everyone attacks one person, so that means there's one person less to actually deal damage towards you because they're probably going to deal damage towards you no matter where you are. You can hide behind a big block, but someone's just going to fucking move around it mm-hmm. and right. shoot you anyways. So you need to actually damage the small guys first, target just one person, kill them, and move on. It's that, it's that kind of game. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Excellent game. Our last bit of news, and uh, Carrick, I'm going to let you take this one because you know more about it than me. Is this whole Shadow War charity thing going on? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice because other people have asked me to be nice about this. But basically, yeah, so Shadow of War, the monolith team, they had somebody pass away from cancer. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that obviously this wasn't them. This was, you know, Warner Brothers. But basically... They put this DLC up, so it's three dollars ninety nine cents European. I don't know what that works out. Probably a dollar ninety nine for US. Off to check. You get uh, Fourth Rog, which is a character that will occasionally appear to one hit kill whichever enemy the character is up against. So he's like the Vats guy, um, Mysterious Stranger. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but here's to me, and and Total Biscuits done it. Some people have done videos. I probably won't do a video about it. But to me, what bothers me is they didn't. 
they're like, okay, if you buy this, proceeds go to. But that's actually not correct. Not only do proceeds, full proceeds not, but six states in the United States don't allow for this because it's basically getting something for a donation. So those don't count. And anything, apparently, from what we're reading, outside the United States also doesn't get, it just goes straight to WB. And if you remove all that, I still don't give a shit. There's something creepy about making somebody pay for a cancer DLC. They're, the person's got to go fund me, go there, um, just have it free, immortalize your, car- your, your friend in your game. And I don't think the developers chose this, by the way, in any way, shape, or form. I just don't. I'm, in fact, I would assume some of them are probably pretty, pretty pissed about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it just bothers me. The idea of buying, I don't know, the, the, everything about it. Because they've just continually fucked up until now. And then one more thing. It's like, cancer DLC, great. Like, what, what, what fucking other horrible, black-hearted thing can a company do that just shows that they don't understand? So they're trying to, uh, just to clarify, are they basically trying to profit off this person's passing? Are they trying? No one will know. Will they? Yes. The content requires mm-hmm. a Bane-based game, of course. It's five bucks in the United States. I'm looking at it now. Um, and then they don't anywhere, until you look, they have this little thing that says... WB Games will donate to the Forgoff family three fifty for every purchase. So it's not even actually your full purchase. Made from of what? Any, sorry, of five dollars uh, in the U.S. So whatever that it, it did I have know. a European thing there, but made from any uh, of the fifty United States or D.C. But then it says, but actually no, that's incorrect because six states won't actually allow that. It's also only uh, activated. Oh, well, it's December 31st, 2019, so that's a while, which is, that's okay. Um, your purchase is not uh, tax deductible and so forth. So, and and then from what we heard, and this is up in the air, is that European, I believe, or outside of Europe and maybe outside of the United States, um, mm. any of those DLCs, that money does not at all go to that family. Um, I just don't like it. I don't like the idea of cancer DLC, man. It just, it creeps me out, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 sort of uh it's just sort of disheartening yeah that somebody did it we've seen uh at least i can speak on a bethesda behalf just because that's the one place i've seen it uh that comes off to the top of my head of them immortalizing fans in dlc uh, in nuka world there was a fan tribute to a, a yeah. person who had passed away but he wasn't the dlc right he wasn't no, the DLC. That's what i'm saying yeah I, i'm not i'm not justifying what warner brothers is doing i'm saying it's you see not only how easy it is, but how you can add that in there and, and have it be one right. of the more touching parts of a DLC, a real nod towards something special. Um, you know, that, that definitely upsets me personally. You know, that's... I think it's, it's one of those situations where money just complicates things. Yeah. And, it's, like, feelings. another example... just be in there and just they should just yeah. say, get, get, you know, they got to... Sorry to cut you off, Loan, but I just thought, like, yeah. This is a good chance in a way for them to at least say like, hey, we're kind of human despite all the stupid consumer decisions they made to say, not like this is coming in a patch. This is not DLC. Like someone passed away at our studio. We are immortalizing them through this. Please go check it out when you play the game. I mean, Gearbox did it with Borderlands 2. There was a mm. secret side quest or something where they immortalized a fan as well. That was a really hardcore fan of Borderlands and never got the chance to play Borderlands 2. And they did that in one of, one of the main hub areas, and I, I think it's yeah, I think it's one of those things where money complicates things because when you have six states that don't allow you to do it, do you say, well, do we prevent those people in those six states from, from buying, buying this, it. 
or do we just exclude those six states and just profit the money ourselves? Like where where else would the money go? It can't legally, it can't go anywhere. For, for, is is what it sounds like. So right. to get around that, what I'm saying is just don't do the DLC thing. Just give it, yeah. just immortalize for free. That that removes the complications. But then some people will say, but this money is going to the family, which is going to help them pay for medical costs, like that they're probably still in debt for. And if that's yeah. the case, I mean, absolutely, then that helps. Do, doesn't Warner Brothers have a? I don't know if there's an insurance plan or something, but can't they just say we're going to donate the family whatever they need? I, I, it, I, to me, I just would. I, I, it would have been great if they said um, the full price is donated to the family. There's something about um, you know riding on somebody's heartstrings to get yourself a dollar fifty from every purchase. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's. Again, I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, this is fucking stupid. It should be fine. That's totally fine too. Uh, it's just for me. It it's just sort of distasteful, and um, it's the I weird thing because a lot of businesses weird. will have things where every dollar for this purchase will go to blah. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I'm used to, by the way. So yeah, that's why it seems weird to me. But I'm just trying to draw comparisons. States. But it's just... yeah, I don't know. It's just an odd thing, and I, I you know I don't want to end the podcast on bad notes. So um, it, it's sad. It's great the family's getting stuff. Uh, if you guys get a chance, they have the real fundraiser for the family. TB yeah. put it in his video, and it's on Twitter. So if you want to donate um, to that, where every cent does go to them, there is an actual real donation, um, yeah. whatever place, uh, web page for them. I mean, I, it could it maybe even just the way that they would it. I mean, would it be more palatable if they said? For every download of this DLC, we will match the donation and give it directly That'd to the family. Cool. Would that be too. better? I think so. But yeah, are there legal restrictions see... around that? I mean, because that's in, that's I'm... saying you buy this DLC and we give money to this person. I mean, is that legal? Uh, I, I don't know what the... this. Do kind of what I suggested. Just say we're immortalizing this person and we're also donating $50,000 whatever the equivalent like yeah. to tell like do some financial analysis and say we'd probably get x amount for this dlc and just give that directly to the family yep but then and you but you want people are going to say then well then oh well then that's a tax write-off for warner brothers because it's a charitable donation that's why you can't you can't this is something you just no, don't you can say win. anything about you put the guy exactly you, you can win. It you put him in the, the fucking game heart. and you do it out of the kindness of your heart and you move on um you've you're already selling version are they the ones selling the version of the game with no game in it or is that the other AAA game no, that's coming no, out? No, no. Oh, but w- um, what I'm saying is that some people will say, well, at the very least, the family's will, getting yeah. money for this. So totally what's another true. situation where the family could get money and it's a fine thing? And then you would say, well, Warner Brothers donates directly. But then someone will say they're going to have that as a tax write-off. And then, and then that's still a, a bad thing. And then someone will say, well, they shouldn't have it as a tax write-off. And then others will say, well, why not? It's just, it's a, it's a shit yeah. situation. Yeah. What, what do you Never do? Ending cycle. That's true. That's true. Because money complicates family, things. I do want the family to get there, to, to get help, obviously. Because, yeah, I'm sure their fucking finances are... Yeah, they're probably yeah. neck deep in, in debt. And I don't blame... I, I'm, I make sure everybody understands. In no way, shape, or form do I... I personally don't think the developers have the ability to even say this will be DLC. They can create yeah. stuff. The publishers and so i don't think this is really anything to do with the developer it's just sort of weird it's just yeah. it as as a couple other videos have said is is like um it's we're getting into such a weird area now that everything is dlc including yeah. as yeah. as total biscuit said commemorating someone's death by cancer via dlc is is really a level of creep 
that seems like we don't want to enter it at all. But yeah. I, I think I would have preferred the you know have a have a have a cool character that everyone gets and we'll donate X amount. If they claim it as a tax write off, then they do that. But I still think that yeah. that's a, it's more palatable. Yeah. I agree. All right. That is all we have for the week. How fucking long is this podcast, dude? Two hours. Feels like... Two hours. Oh, that's long. it? Yeah. Dude, it feels like it's, man, it's already five o'clock. Yeah. But, uh, my time. My time. We yeah. start. It, it was that Creation Club discussion was Yeah, I was going to say, long. if, if oh, we didn't exactly. do Creation Club, this is, this is about an hour long podcast. It's because we just kept rolling through the news really quick. We did. We did. It's true. Uh, well, it's some true. I, I'll say I'll discuss one thing really quickly. Someone on Twitter asked me because um, we were talking about Black Lab Games creating Battlestar Deadlock or whatever it's called, um, and someone was like, "Whatever happened to all the Australian uh, development studios in, in well, studios in Australia? Whatever happened to them? Like, used to have THQ, Two K, Bondi, and Bondi, Team Bondi that made it LA Noir, so." You know, you had big development studios in Australia, and someone asked, "Well, whatever happened to them? Because they're gone now." Like mostly, I think I'd say about ninety-five percent plus of the studios in Australia are small, independent. Well, not small, but they're independent studios. Most, if not all, are. The one exception is Fire Monkeys, which is EA owned, and they operate of operate out of Melbourne. But essentially, what happened is that you did have studios here that were either doing work for hire, like Tantalus. I think Tantalus is still operating, and they helped with some Zelda games and some Switch ports. Um, but then you had, you know, THQ, you had 2K Australia that worked out of Canberra that helped with Bioshock, which was which was cool. But what happened is the GFC happened, and the Australian dollar got really, really strong because for the most part, the Australian economy wasn't really hit by the GFC. So the Australian dollar got really strong compared to the US. So it was much more expensive for US-based companies to have studios here. So a lot, a lot of them closed down. And that really contracted the industry and a lot of people left overseas to Canada and stuff like that. And also as well, uh, studios, when they set up in Canada, they usually have tax breaks. We don't have any tax breaks for games development in Australia, let alone funding for, for games development. So a lot of the studios that started up and nowadays are small independent studios that came out of that era where we don't really have our big AAAs here anymore. We have small companies making mobile games or games predominantly for Steam, like a Battlestar Deadlock with Black Lab Games. So whoever asked that question, I can't remember your name, I apologize, but that's what happened to Australian development. It's a really mm. interesting story. I yeah, know. I mean, like we were talking about um, on a prior podcast to this, Ubisoft is doing a big announcement for their area, and it sound, people thought it was Vivendi buying them, but now it sounds like uh, they're, this place where they are is going to pay them to create a development studio. And I, I've always wondered, like, how, I mean... I don't see that a lot of places, but I do see it some places where they're like, okay, we're going to pay or we're going to give you tax write-offs, whatever. Um, Maine did it, and they and that baseball player made the one game, Kingdoms of Amalar or whatever, yeah. and he, I think he had to pay it all back. Yeah, um, and more. But does, shit shit out of them. does Australia, does Australia um, have any, any, okay, they don't have any, tax like, breaks? yeah, or something like that. Yeah, for, no, yeah. Not, not, not like that. And here's the thing that pisses me off. They have tax breaks for film production and TV production and also a location offset where um, so let's say you're doing... Like, for example, um, there's a studio called... Oh, fuck, I can't remember the name now. It's on the tip of my tongue. They create, uh, like, cinematic trailers for movies and game dev studios. They actually created the cinematic trailer for Evil Within, but there's this one that was at E3, the really cool one. Mm. They made that, and they're, they're based in Sydney in, in, in Australia. So they'll get 
a location tax offset for creating something that while isn't necessarily Australian owned, it's like a Bethesda US game, the trailer itself is made in Australia. So they'll get a tax offset for that. But there's nothing for like pure games development. And there is lobbying lobbying efforts happening to try and get that in place because you look at like a lot of uh, provinces in, in Canada, like uh, Vancouver and Nova Scotia and stuff, they have uh, tax incentives for, for big studios to come there and make games. That's why you have a lot of studios opening up in Canada and also in the UK because they have yeah. those systems in place. That might be where they're doing this because they said it's the largest growth Ubisoft has ever had. That was their announcement was that they were... Um, wait, wait, looking at the news. can you link that Just, to me, please? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find it. It was just today, actually. It was brand new news where it said they're announcing a huge thing. Um, I'm just looking real quick. I don't want to waste everybody's time. Um, I, yeah. I may just send it to you after. But um, And they were saying it was the largest growth that you... You know what? I can find it. Actually, I know how to do it. Yeah. Was this on the, the, the Twitter account? <clears throat> it was on a bunch of websites. Uh, so Ubisoft Quebec, to announce something company-related on September 5th, it says... Ubisoft Montreal says, don't miss the biggest announcement from Ubisoft in Quebec in 20 years. Wow. On, on September 5th. And um, so there was the idea, you know, are, are they getting money for building there, Quebec? Possibly. I mean, Oh, it's going to take place in the presence of the Minister of Finance of Canada. Yeah. No, that I mean, probably be, yeah. They have tax breaks there in Quebec. That, that's exactly why Ubisoft is there. So it's probably yeah, going to be sure. some sort of big announcement. Um, but that's why there are no studios in Australia because it's it's too expensive. I mean, the Australian dollar has gone back to the lower amount, but there are other countries with either uh, lower costs of, of resources or developers, and they have really great tax schemes. So why start a studio in Australia? What's the benefit? Yeah, right. Interesting. I think yeah. the benefit personally is... Just all the weird creatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that shit every day. No, but that, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I don't need to see that shit every day. <laughs> I saw one video of some of that shit, and I'm like, whoever like lives there is knocking on your ball. window. Like, yeah, exactly. What's up, man? Oh, but yeah, it's like, I know that's what you're talking like, about. Yeah. <laughs> Was it a video? There's a video, a video of like a kangaroo just like ding ding, scratching at the window, fucking of some guy's claws. House. I'm like, that is actually well, dude, terrifying. and they're jacked. That's yeah. the great they thing. They are like, they'll jacked. Show up like, they'll be all, "What's up, dude? Snap into a slim gym. I'm gonna fuck you up." And you're like, <laughs> um, like, I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again. I was playing tennis with with some of my friends, and there's like a big cage around the, the two tennis courts, and we saw one kangaroo. Like, oh yeah, like, we see kangaroos all the time. And then another one, and then another one. And there's literally like 20 kangaroos circling around this fucking tennis cage. And we're thinking we're going to die. Because kangaroos can rupture, like they can disembowel you by kicking you. Because right. they'll, they'll lean on their powerful tails and they'll kick the fuck out of you. Like they're buff, mm -hmm. man. And we were scared for our fucking lives. That was some scary shit. Dude, you, most likely they've gained full sentience and they were betting on your game. So <laughs> I'm just saying there's a really good chance. I my Whoever wins, I get to kill him first. Yeah. My personal belief is that that's where Armageddon will start as fucking Australia. Like, all those creatures <laughs> will suddenly get human smart, and they're going to be on planes, fucking kangaroos flying on planes, fucking showing up, just disemboweling people. Because we think they're funny. In America, before YouTube and shit, you heard about a kangaroo, and you saw it, and you're like, it's a giant fuck, man. It's like a giant rat with a huge tail. It's no big deal. Yeah. And then you see the video of the fucking one choking the dog out, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, the, and the guy's like boxing. Like, yeah, I was going to say, you see a guy boxing a, a kangaroo. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, though a kangaroo, fuck yeah. Just like any oh, animal, you'll you oh, see people absolutely. like be all, oh, I can take that. It's like, yeah, wait until the animal goes into nature mode. There's something crazy about the way animals move, man. Oh, like, yeah. have you ever tried to wrestle a pissed off cat? Like, into a, no. like, into something to get him to the vet? It's scratch it's yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, it looks like you just came out of Vietnam and shit. <laughs> All right, man. that'll uh, conclude episode 123. Wrestle an angry cat. Yeah, is that our hashtag? No, I'm just joking. We sh- <laughs> I want to I use the one sentence I, mm-hmm. I still haven't said in the video, but I'm not going to. What should it be? Um, we talked a lot about Creation Club. Yeah, correct. I don't know. So something about. Mm. Think think of something, guys. Yeah, fuck. Uh, this is the first time we actually struggled with one. It's usually something that's like, yeah, like I'll say one of us will say something, and be like, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, then maybe wrestle wet cat is is the winner. Yeah, kangaroos say, flight plane. Hashtag buff kangaroo or some shit. Hashtag buff buff kangaroos would work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a buff kangaroo will be the hashtag for the week. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, but yeah, something about them betting, betting kangas. <laughs> is that is that like an abbreviation for them? Hey, it's a kanga. What is the abbreviation Kang- for yeah, kangaroo? Kanga. Yeah, kanga. Well, I thought maybe Kangas it might be a like, roo. You guys like, ever wonder if that abbreviation was done by the person dying by a kangaroo's feet at that time? Like he's like, it's a kanga. And they're like, <laughs> pretty good slang. Well, that, that's how you got like Kangaskhan is. A Pokemon based on the kangaroo, so thank <laughs> oh. you. <laughs> All right, so buff kangaroo, that'll be the hashtag for the week. And we hope you guys enjoyed. So if you listen this far, tweet any of the handles on screen with that hashtag, and we're looking forward to seeing them all pour in. Uh, thank you, boys, for your time. It was a it was a delightful episode, as per usual, and I'm looking forward to the response to this one. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about Creation Club. Uh, other than that, we'll catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace, Peace out. Peace out. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.